Welcome back to episode 147 of the No Clue Podcast. We have returned. We have returned. A slight hiatus, but we are back to recap the second round. A very eventful second round. Yep. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. Welcome. Where um, do you want to start? Um. Uh, let's, let's start. Uh, let's start real the- quick. Real quick, uh, we do have a bunch of other NBA news and, and other stuff to talk about, but uh, we'll get to that in a day or two. Yeah, yeah. Because it was eventful second round, even outside of the playoffs. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. <clears throat> uh, let's get right into the <laughs> Clippers, Utah mm. and Clippers series. <laughs> I didn't want to start there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only oh. because most recently we talked about uh, Kawhi getting hurt, so yeah, let's get into that. This was weird. Okay, so quick, quick, I guess recap of this series. Mm-hmm. First two games, everybody thought it was going to be quick. Yeah. Uh, but where where I was hesitant to like be like give up on the Clippers as fast as I did in round one. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't. It looked more even than the first two Dallas games. Right. It looked more like in, in the Dallas games. It looked like Donovan uh, Luca was just setting up everybody, and other guys were just eating, and you couldn't stop. You know, Kleber and Finney Smith. Yeah. Whereas Utah, it was really Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really impressed by anything other guys were doing. Like nothing that was sustainable. Right. Uh, but after that. I mean, after that, the Clippers took control of it to me. Yeah, uh, and to your point, Utah was playing how Utah always plays when they, you know, in the first two games. But Dallas was playing, like, out of the ordinary where, like you said, Kleber and Finney Smith looked like starters. I mean, they looked like a championship team against the Clippers. And we all know, you know, top to bottom, they're really not a championship team. Um, and Utah just came out and did what they do. They shot a ton of threes. Donovan was unstoppable. Um, Clarkson looked great off the bench. Bogdanovich looked great. So everything yeah. just clicked. It did. Yeah. And and the first game was like a was more of a dominant game because the Clippers looked a little exhausted from the Dallas series. It took a minute. Yep. Yep. Uh, but the second game was a lot more even. Mm-hmm. That the Clippers kind of blew, which. Again, having been watching them for two rounds now, you know, they, they do that. They're capable of blowing games just as they are capable of winning them. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and from game three on, to me, the problem was the same as far as, like, what caused the turnaround. Okay. Where the Clippers started doing things differently Mm-hmm. They changed. They they showed like different ways they could play, different ways they could succeed. Yep. Whereas Utah, like you said, the the play style never changed. Right. It was just Don. If Donovan can't get off, we'll just kind of swing it and kind of run half-ass pick and rolls, and, just and hope our shots keep going in. Right. And, you know, having watched the playoffs as long as we have, we know that doesn't sustain. Yep. And the the thing is with the Jazz, I think of all things, there was just a glaring issue with their depth. 
I mean, that, that showed... That's part of why they can't play a different way because they only have seven players, you know, or eight guys. Yeah, I really, I really couldn't think of like anybody they could throw out there and help. Right. I'm looking at it. Every other playoff team has that. Right. They have one guy who can come into the game and the team can play a completely different way, and they're not even always that great of players. Exactly. I think Sarich is like that for the Suns. He comes in. He can. He like starts running the five. But he spreads the floor because, you know, you can't leave him. Right. And he's big enough that he doesn't mind guarding fours or fives. Uh, you know, campaign comes in and he, he's another ball handler. But he has a lot of the campaign is like his pace is completely different from CP. Absolutely. Which is, an, again, another like play a slight play style shift that I'm looking at Utah and it's like just one thing. Yep. You know, it's funny with the Clippers, it's hard to describe their defense mm-hmm. because, like, again, they're in the conference finals, so they, they do certain things right defensively. Yeah, they do. And I couldn't, for the longest time, the whole Dallas series and most of this Utah series, it's almost like I've come to the conclusion, I feel like normally teams die by their live and die by their own three-point shooting. Right. The Clippers, like, it, it, it's starting to look like it's by design. They die. They live and die by the other team's three-point shooting. Yeah, seems that way. Because yeah. nine games into the playoffs, I haven't seen them guard three-pointers well once. Me either. And it's, again, it's starting to look like that's the game plan. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It, it could be the game plan because, you know, losing Ibaka, losing their dominant shot blocker uh, and rim defender, maybe they did say, you know, we can't let guys inside because we have no help there anymore. Maybe they did do something like that, but obviously, I I wouldn't lose a game because of that. Right? I think their team is long enough that they can defend at the rim if they needed to, but (laughs) they haven't needed to because they're letting everyone shoot. And I, you know, in their defense, the Jazz were going to do that regardless of how the Clippers playing it because jazz did that to everybody that's just that's why again that's why i gave up on them in the dallas series but watching this second round i'm like this is kind of a much better idea for this team specifically right and it it showed as the series progressed yep uh so we saw donovan mitchell might have had an injury it seemed like he had a lagging ankle injury yeah he did um, Conley went out with an injury. Um, do you think that played a, a factor into them losing? Really, not really. I would I would say yes if Kawhi had been there the whole time. Okay, yeah. But Kawhi, Kawhi goes out, and again, the Clippers do things differently, while Utah is identical. Right. It, and that's one thing that is, again, that that goes back to their depth too, because. They can lose Kawhi and somebody else can step up like man and play amazing. But who's going to come in and as like, you know, Niang is not going to play better. Uh, Ingles has like a weird like cap to how good he plays every night. Yeah. Like it stops. Like he goes, oh, he's playing great. Oh, he has 26. He's done. Uh, you know, and Clarkson, they, they try to keep Clarkson coming off the bench yeah. even when injuries happen. And Niang being the next guy is... You know, 
Nothing's happening there. But let me ask you this. What is it specifically, like, what is the glaring thing about their play style? Because I, I don't know if we're on the same page with this. Like, what's the glaring thing about their play style that prevents them from winning, I guess? Uh, in my opinion, they can't go inside and out. And that's the that's the biggest thing to me. I think you look at the teams that have made it to the finals the last eight years. They're, they were amazing at being going inside out. I'm not worried about anyone passing the ball out inside from the paint on the Jazz. Like I want, every, I want them to go to the basket. Obviously, other than Donovan, because you're at risk of getting dunked on. Other than you know Gobert, who's but once they trap Gobert kind of inside, they crowd him. He's not a good passer. He doesn't kick no. out well. No. And then I, Bogdanovich I and Ingles don't drive. No, they ever. Don't. And Ingles, like to your point, you know maybe they they are capable of getting a layup or, or like a dunk if the defense is bad enough. Yeah, but it's never enough to where oh you're letting me drive. I'm gonna get five to eight layups tonight because you're letting me drive. That's never gonna happen with Joe Ingles. It's never gonna happen with the Jazz, right? <laughs> like the whole team, right. it, and that that's one big issue because you look at look at the teams last year. Miami were amazing at getting to the basket and kicking. Yeah. Kendrick Dragic Nardin. lived in the paint. Dragic, yep, and Jimmy was doing well at that. Bam is a great passer out of the paint, and uh, obviously that's LeBron's been LeBron's forte. That's taken him to the finals almost his whole career. Driving yeah. and kick, he drives. They collapse. There's Jr. There's Kevin Love. Uh, there's KCP. Um, Anthony Davis was hitting the three last year. There's Mark Gasol. He has all these guys to kick out to, and the Jazz. Donovan's the only one who can really get to the basket and kick it out. Yes, and that's the big issue is Donovan is asked to carry, like, this offense being dynamic. Right, because he's the only dynamic player. Exactly. This offense is, like, incapable of being dynamic without him. And to your point, like, you're not going to live through the whole playoff run just shooting the ball. No, you're not. Every team, even if they don't have... Like, Marcus Morris is the Clippers, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth best player. And when mm-hmm. they struggle, they say, Morris, how about you get a post-touch? Yeah. I mean, every time uh, Jokic misses a couple jumpers, he's on the block. Yep. Embiid lives on the block. Uh, Capella and Collins live inside. And, and all those guys, you said, they can get trapped and they see somebody wide open in the corner. Yes. And Aiden is another one. Aiton for Phoenix, like you said, Sarge for Phoenix. Yeah, they they could be consistent inside out players. Yep, and and the thing is, they don't have to be like this. You know, they could be just someone who can get by somebody, even if it's at from the elbow. They can catch on the elbow if they can get by somebody and be able to look on both sides of the court. That's better than what the Jazz have. They, they don't yeah. have that at all. And that's the thing again, like. All the other teams, they have a feel, okay, we're we're not making shots, so we have to make a stronger effort to get layups, free throws, inside opportunities. Right. The Jazz, they get... had the they had the one game where they're missing what 17 shots. Yeah. And it's like you're missing shot 15 shots in. How about we get a layup? Right. That never happened. It's like, "Oh, we'll just keep taking them. They're not going in. Well, we can't do anything else." Like, okay, then you're going to lose. Right, and you look at the 
greatest shooting team ever, the Warriors. Once Steph, once Steph is missing his three, or you know Clay, they're not getting open threes. They go right to the basket. Steph yes. goes to the basket. He gets fouled. Yes. Draymond, little pump fake. He gets into the lane. It got all the cuts. They the Jazz don't even cut. No, they don't set back picks for cuts. They to to me, and I've seen teams do this. Doc was good at this. Um, uh, Mike, um, what was LeBron's coach? Mike James. Uh, Mike. Oh my God, he was on the Warriors. Yeah, he uh, was Brown. Mike Brown. Mike Brown. He was great at this. Donovan should have a backdoor lob play every game. They should look for it, at least one, just to say, try. okay. They, they don't. He just comes to the ball, and everyone has to. Everyone just spots up. It's like, you know, what bothers me the most is Conley goes out, and Donovan is like the full time point guard. Yeah. Uh, and it's like when, only when Donovan comes out the game, Joe Ingles could try to be a point guard. He's not very good at it, but he could, you know, fill in a few minutes. Right. But you, we can't ever use Donovan off ball? I mean, Jason no. Tatum isn't even good at it, and Boston does it with him. Yep. So I, I just don't... is, like, afraid to handle the ball for more than four dribbles. He Like, he feels like he has to put a shot up. Yeah, if, if, if he takes four so. dribbles, nobody else is touching the ball. <laughs> exactly. But that's fine. I don't mind, like... That's what Clarkson comes in there for. No, but I'm saying I'm I'm saying to your point when Donovan is out there and he's the primary ball handler, yeah. the ball doesn't move the yeah. same way because but this is why I credited Clarkson so much for their success all year. Yeah. Cuz I'm like, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, dude, Clarkson is hitting wild shots. Your bench looks great. Yep. Cuz Niang doesn't have to take shots or make decisions. You know, right. Ingles doesn't have to be a point guard when Clarkson's getting 15 and a quarter. Right. The moment Ingles needs to be a point guard for five possessions in a row, I can't get two good shots. Nope. And I, like I said before, my biggest pet peeve with Ingles, if somebody's hot and Ingles comes in, you're not getting the ball. Zero chance. He's like, he's a capable passer, but he doesn't see the floor. He doesn't see see the floor, and he doesn't feel the pace of the game. He doesn't feel the momentum of the game, right. to me. Because it's like he comes in, yo, Bogdanovich just hit four shots in a row. Ingles comes in, okay, we run into Clarkson's side. Why? Bogdanovich is on fire. Ingles doesn't like immediately come say, here, get the ball, I'm out your way, do your thing. Or let me give you a dribble handoff or something. I never see Ingles like, you know, he... They don't attack mismatches when Ingles is running the point at all. They're, so, they're even more basic. Like, at least with Donovan, th- their team game is basic. But yeah. Donovan's explosive, so it, it works. Yeah. With Ingles, it's just a basic point guard running, you know, with basic players. And it yep. looks simple. Yep. And, and then the last issue with me is their four-out one in offense gets them no second chance shots. No, it like, doesn't. Gobert gets a few offensive rebounds, but it doesn't turn out into like another shot. And, and this is where like if they had, this is what, in my opinion, this is what separates like offensively Tyson Chandler from Gobert. 
Like Tyson Chandler was a second chance shot guy. Like if if he's down there, you take a tough shot, you you feel confident that Chandler's gonna at least get his fingers on the ball yep. again. And Gobert is like, oh, you take a tough shot, just get back on defense, cause like you're not getting it. He's or if he like, gets it, he's gonna try to take a bad putback. You know what bothers me? I see a lot of in Gobert what limited. Uh, and this is a bit of a throwback. The the old Pacers with the Paul George, Hibbert, yeah. Lance, such a great mm-hmm. team, deep team. You think they have everything, but their center isn't mobile. Mm-hmm. And I'm not comp- obviously the teams from Utah are completely different, but it's mm-hmm. like go. We've seen this problem with Gobert before, right? Go like you've put Gobert on non scores. And I've watched mm-hmm. Ben Simmons get 42 on him. Right. And look at what's going on with Ben Simmons right now. Right. So, like, you know, Terrence Mann, I mean, I didn't think he was going to do that. Right. But he's, he's, he says 14, that game, he's got 14 points at halftime. Yeah. And you come out in the third quarter and don't guard him. Yep. What sense does that make? I just, I've never seen that before. I understand, like, you know, look at uh, maybe OKC, for example. Nobody ever guarded Thabo Cephalosha. Right. But once Thabo Cephalosha hit two, three shots, guys close out. Yeah. Yeah. That goes for, like, even Roberson. When Roberson made a couple shots, guys close out. Yeah. Like, Terrence Mann comes out the game, gets 12 in the first quarter, doesn't really do much in the second because the team is playing well. So, oh, mm-hmm. we're not going to guard him. Coach, he could score the ball. Right. And honestly, I would blame Quinn Snyder for for that specific thing more. But it's like Gobert never made the choice of I'm ignoring my man and protecting the paint or I'm getting my man and ignoring the paint. Right. He, he was yeah. like in between the whole series. Yeah, because – and this is one thing back to the Thunder – Westbrook and Harden used to funnel the guards to Ibaka. Like, they used to say, okay, I'm forcing him wherever Serge is on my shoulder. Serge's on my left shoulder. Okay, he's the offensive player is going right because I know that Serge got my back on the block. And Gobert is that kind of shot blocker. But they will force someone towards Gobert, and he'll, like, either not commit, like you said, or he'll have to foul or he just doesn't even show up. It's like... Yeah, and that's where where my point is, like, if you're immobile, like, I don't care that you're not guarding Terrence Mann, he shouldn't be able to, like, ISO on you. Right. And Terrence Mann, especially when Kawhi got hurt, would attack you off the dribble. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you're not even defending him in any way at that point. Right. So... That just to me, like that, not having that mobility at center at your lead, you know, defender and the guy who controls how your defense works, mm-hmm. again, is another way you can't be versatile. Or the ability to get someone off the bench to do that. Because, like, I'll, I'll give an example. Like, the Lakers last year, even though Gasol started a few times, a lot of times, when they needed what you're talking about, McGee would be in the game. Yeah. Or Dwight would be in the game. Because they would know, okay, well, we need someone who can move a little bit for this game. So I need I need McGee to be able to chase guys around. 
But when it was they were playing like a dominant center, that was just going to be a straight up like an Embiid. Gasol was out there most of the night. But when they needed someone who was going to have to help out, JaVale McGee was there. So, yeah. I mean, you know, some teams have the option to even, I mean, the Nuggets do it to an extent. You know, Jokic doesn't always play the paint as much as, you know, some of the guys who come in and help. Or even Millsap used to do that sometimes, be the paint helper. Yeah. And they would let Jokic go play somebody else. So It's just like Utah, because of that four-out, one-in play style, they have no front-court presence. Like, you're not, I don't feel you on the boards when you get two putbacks and then never again for the rest of the game, you, like, you don't get an offensive rebound. Right. That's, like, your four, I don't care about your four or two buckets. Like, you weren't, you weren't a presence on the offensive glass all night. Why do I care that Terrence Mann didn't box you out two times? That doesn't mean anything. Right. And, you know, and this is, this is my last point about Utah. They, um, and, you know, me and you spoke about this a little bit yesterday. There is a big difference between being positionless and not knowing how to play any positions. So, like, there's people who are positionless. I would say Paul George is a positionless player. Even Kawhi is pretty much a positionless player. But when Paul George needs to play a position, he knows how to play that position. Like, he knows, okay, I'm at at the two. I'm running off picks. I'm... Being Ray Allen, like he said, right? And yeah. he can do it. I don't know if anyone on anyone other than Conley on the whole roster knows how to play a position. I'll, I think Gobert is just tall. I'll answer but, that no, they don't. Right. And I, I don't think Mitchell knows how to play a position, but he has to be the positionless guy, and he's really not a positionless guy. So it, it kind of makes him kind of weird. But Ingles and Bogdanovich... Clarkson, Royce O'Neal, none of them know how to play any positions on the court at all. No. They and just know how to play shows, basketball. It shows it showed in the series when the Clippers funneled shots to certain like specific guys or decisions to specific guys outside of mm-hmm. Mitchell. It was mm-hmm. a struggle. Right. Consistently it was a struggle. So like Donovan can't fix everything. No, no, no one player in the league can do that. Right, All right. It, they're like uh, when you when you're coaching a team, and you guys run a play, and like you tell the two guard, okay, you run run it at the point, and the point put you put him in the in the wing spot of the of like a specific play. Yeah, they're just like, yo, we're about to run this play, and everyone just just picks a position randomly at random. They don't say, okay, uh, Ingles, I need you at the two. Donovan, I need you at the one, whatever. They're just like, yo, we running this play. Gobert, you know where you are. Everyone else just pick a position and, like, we're going from there. And, and they can't – you can't win like that. I mean, you can win, but you can't compete at this level like that. And you know what stresses me out more than anything is, you know, for six games we saw Utah play one way. And mm-hmm. Quinn Snyder never even tried to do anything differently. Nope. And shout out to uh, Tyron Lue. I definitely saw adjustments this year. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. They Paul played George... differently almost every night or every they game. Did. They did. Yep. Yep. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the Clippers then. Uh, what did you like that they did? 
Um, to win at least. Well, obviously the the big thing for them is when Co- two, the series is two two. You know, it, it was going the Clippers' way, but I wasn't confident that they right. had it control of it. Right. Uh, and Kawhi gets hurt. Yep. And you know, everybody. I think everybody, or for the most part, was like, "Hold, you know, they're done. Mm-hmm. Like they're done. You, uh, Donovan's gonna terrorize them. It's mm-hmm. it's just a wrap." Right. And they come out and they believe in guys that have been on the team. Well, and this is one thing me and you knew because we've talked about it in the past. They move the ball a lot differently when Kawhi's not there. Yes. And, and, and you guys, could see that it off as soon as that fifth game started. Yeah. And guys get touches that normally don't get touches, and they do get freedoms they don't have. Other, you know. Yeah. And a lot more time with the ball as well. Possessions, they get longer possessions without Kawhi. Yeah. And I wasn't like I wasn't a fan of everything Ty Lue did. I had a, I still have a lot of problems with some of the stuff he does. Mm-hmm. And even while they were winning, you know, the last game, I had issues with some of the things Ty Lue was doing. Mm-hmm. But like you said, he's changing things. Yeah. When they yep. when they struggle, like the 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 casual idea was Paul George, you got to take us home. Kawhi's not there. Paul George, you got to do everything. You got to make the offense work, and that they didn't do that. Right. They allowed. They really didn't play through Paul George to start that fifth game. Gave Morris the ball. They allowed Reggie to get more involved in the game. Mm-hmm. Terrence Mann again. Some of that is Utah's issues, but Terrence Mann has a lot of freedom to like be impactful. Right. And now, once guys settle into the game. Now we can open up Paul George. You can operate, mm-hmm. and he did to his credit. I, he, I thought he was spectacular in specifically Game Five. Mm-hmm. He controlled the game in like in crucial quarter moments when like the game is kind of going either way. Yeah, Paul George took command of the offense. You know when it usually gets messy for them, right. And I, again, you know, the, even they talked about this. They come together as a team as soon as Kawhi goes out. Yeah. And it looked like that on the court. Yep. Yep. Um, one thing I, I think, I, I agree that they didn't play through Paul George, but I think they made it clear that that was an option. And that's something that I don't see a lot of times for them. Like, I think that, yeah, they don't play through Paul George, but it doesn't even look like that's an option for them a lot of times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no matter what, we're not playing through Paul George. But in these games, they were like, okay, well, we have Paul George to be our breakdown guy or Paul George to be the, you know, go get a shot guy. And he was doing that. And he was creating shots for others, I mean, better than I've seen from the Clippers all year. Yes. And... In, in- this is, I guess, another criticism of Utah, which, as you can tell, obviously, I think Utah lost the series significantly more than the Clippers won it. Mm-hmm. But the Clippers capitalized. Rudy Gobert is the weak link. That was established after, you know, game three, four. Yeah. What they did, they realized that, look, the Jazz are funneling guys in the paint because they want to block shots. Mm-hmm. We move the ball well. Our guys shoot with confidence. 
And all year, to me, you know, just watching the regular season, I could have told you if both teams are getting great shots all night, the Clippers will outshoot them. Yeah. And Paul George saw that, and I thought he, where I've criticized him in the past is you're missing shots and you're just continuing to do that, similar to Utah. Right. He made made an effort to get to the rack. Now Now he's kicking out. Reggie Jackson's hot. So if I'm getting to the basket, he's getting wide open looks. Yeah. And if they just they capitalized on that so well. Every time Utah got heated up, the Clippers didn't maybe maybe didn't match that heat, but they matched great shot selection. Yep. And they put themselves in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. I completely agree. All right. Um so Utah is going home. Uh, let's do Difficult it, man. Off season. Let's, let's talk about their off season. We're we're gonna do this for the elimination teams, uh, roughly, but we really wanted to focus on Utah here because they were, you know, the highest seed in this. They got uh, exposed the most. The today. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. So, um, tell me who is a must stay for them. Who's a must stay? Yeah. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell. Yep. No need to deep dive that. Obviously, Jordan Clarkson. Yep. I think I would like to see him play a little different, but again, that the roster has to change first for that to even be available. I agree. Um, I think Bogdanovich is another must-stay for them because he he's like a dynamic three-point shooter. Okay. Uh, and I think he's a smart enough player to where he, he kind of had the best chemistry playing off of uh, Mitchell's double teams. Yeah. So I think he's like a good, a sm- a, like a small forward guy who, who could fit with either lineup, either play style. And I've, you know, I've seen him play it in other places and fit regardless of the play style. Yep. I also think that if there was drastic roster changes, he's someone that you don't lose anything bringing him off the bench and using him the same way. Yeah, I think he's he's someone that could easily be interchangeable in rotation as well. And and to me, the last guy who's a must stay, and and you know I'm I'm not a hundred percent confident, but maybe like ninety five. I think Royce O'Neal should stay. I agree. He was on my list too. He you know he didn't have a great series to me. No. But again, it's because of that. Like you play the same way. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't really. When you need him to be a decision maker, he struggles mm-hmm. because you have you don't have any real point guards on the team, right? And, and what I think he did struggle was I think he could have taken more shots to be honest, mm-hmm. because there was a lot of times he'll come out he'll go like two for two or three for three, and then he won't like even try to shoot the ball, right? Why did my camera just zoom in? I don't know, but I, I just think like he 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 needs to be more consistently aggressive. Yeah, I agree. And that's agree. really it for me. I, is there anybody else to you that's a must stay? No, I have the exact same. Okay. Yep. Bogdanovich was on my like he was teetering for me, but I I think he I think he should stay as well. Yeah. I think Royce O'Neal is a it was a big stay because. Every team needs that defender that you don't need to be involved in the offense, but 
can get involved in the offense. I think that's a very valuable position. I mean, a very valuable role for a team. I think that um, his development is something that is worth uh, keeping as well. We see guys like Crowder. We see guys like, um, you know, Ariza over the years. These guys who have become these strict 3 and D guys that get better and better until they're a top tier 3 and D. Like, once a player really commits to being a 3 and D guy or a defensive specialist, um, we've seen them excel at that, you know, quicker than, like, most roles. Like, he's not trying to be a leading scorer on the team. Right. And he won't. But he may be the best 3 and D player in the league if he keeps developing how he is. Yeah. And and to your point, if he continues to develop, he's already showing that he's a drive threat. Yeah. Similar to his shots, I wish he would kind of take more and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, be more aggressive when he's driving. But he's shown me over the course of the season, the playoffs, that he, like, if you don't stop him, he'll get a dunk. He'll get an and one. Like, you have to be able to guard him in the paint and outside. So, yep. He he gives me hope that their roster could have versatility. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't want him playing power forward anymore, but I agree with what you're saying for sure. Um, he's definitely two, three, especially defensively. Uh, okay, so you want to talk about the first game of the Phoenix and Clippers? Uh, do you want to talk about the other categories for Utah? Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's get to that. Let's get to that. Who, who, um, who could go? Not must go, but could go for you. Conley could go. Okay. And he's. I even liked what I saw in that last game. Mm-hmm. It's just it's always tough in the playoffs. Like you saw this with Jeff Green. That first game he came back, he was awful. Yeah. Uh, and then he was spectacular the next game. But right. like that first coming back to the a potential closeout game is, is especially for a role player. You know yep. you're asking for a lot. And Conley, to your point earlier, he's a, a smart decision maker. Mm-hmm. He'll make you pay if you're not playing defense, but he'll also look for Bogdan. Oh, Bogdanovich got six threes in a quarter. Let me see if he's open every play. Yep. Yep. I'll, he even, he was the only one in the last two in that last game who got who threw a lob to somebody, right? And that's one thing they get all year is lobs to Gobert or whoever fills in at center. Yeah, and that was like the first lob I had seen since game four. I'm pretty sure, right? So Conley to me, like you could replace him, uh, but at the same time he fits. Uh, like the the peak of what you could do. I agree. I agree. Okay. Anybody else? We might disagree on this, uh, but I think Joe Angles could stay. Okay. The the point guard play has to stop. Obviously, we're on the same page there. Yeah. But I I like. I like how they play pick and roll, especially to just put pressure on somebody. Give me, give me an example of someone else in the league, like another role in the league that Joe Ingles could be on the team. 
like another team he could fit? No, no, no. Like, give me another or player who has a role on their similar team to Joe Ingles that you think Joe Ingles could do. Yeah. Hmm. All right, you're putting me on the spot. You can think about it and come back to it. Yeah, maybe come I'll come back. back. Uh, okay. But my thing with Ingles, like, like Paul George sometimes guards him, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, he he matches up with a lot of the elite wings. Yeah. And he's he's capable enough to make them work on both ends. Yeah. And that's that's what I do like about him. Like I don't want him making like five minutes worth of the all the like the offensive decisions. Yeah. But I like that you're using him to put pressure on other teams' better players. Mm-hmm. And I think in a in a maybe more limited ball handling role, I think they could continue to do that with you know the right roster upgrades. Okay. Is that all you got for could go? Uh, everyone on the bench everybody else on the bench could go yep okay Derek Derek Favors is this close to must go by the way he's on my must go list yeah I'm not mad at it at all because he was <laughs> awful and, and I mean I told you I hate like dude I hate when a bench guy goes out there in the playoffs and he's just out there mm-hmm. like you're not even trying to get stops get rebounds you're just in the game Yep. Even Niang, who I criticized every game. Was there a mm-hmm. game where I didn't criticize Niang? No. At least he's trying to contribute. Yeah. And he definitely could go. He could get him out of there. No problem. But at well, least go he's... Ahead, co- go ahead with your must-go, then. <sighs> My must-go? Go Baron Quinn Snyder must-go. Quinn Snyder must-go? Yeah. I there's okay. there's a number of coaches who could have fooled me into thinking that this team has versatility. Okay. I told you it's not that obviously you have no versatility cuz you're playing seven guys. Mhm. But damn, Tom Thibodeau doesn't go deep in the rotation 50 games of the year. Right? And New York found a way to play different ways. Yeah. New York, New York I mean, can and, find different ways to play, but Utah can't. And Tom moved like three starters to the bench, like like that aren't playing anymore. Yeah, I, I just think it. Quinn Snyder has just been comfortable with them playing the way they've played. Mm-hmm. And it's like every every year, it's more Donovan just take over. Go ahead, <laughs> you got it. It's kind of. It's kind of funny that Quinn always has like this puzzled look, like he's thinking of like a master plan, and then they make no adjustments. None. None. I've <laughs> never like, seen that. Like, he snatches the clipboard on the timeout, like I'm about to draw something crazy, and like they come out and do the same thing I always do. Like they killed me all year long. I loved how they ran like handoffs and just simple shit to get guys moving. Yeah. It's like Donovan was like scorching hot the first two games. So forget forget all the ball movement stuff. We'll just play through Donovan the whole time. Ingles, you'll fill in for a few minutes just to, so Donovan doesn't have to do it for 48. And Donovan yeah. still had to do it for 48. Yep. Yep. So, so to it, me, Quinn Snyder is, to me, he's he's good. He's out of there. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I didn't put Quinn, but I, I agree. Um, now you have Gobert as your must-go. I have Gobert on my could-go. 
and I'll I'll say why. Um, and I think if we he, talked about Gobert real quick. If he was on my could go, Favors would for sure be on my must go. So one of them has to go. That's what you're saying. Yes. Okay. For me, I, like I said, with uh, like I mentioned, um, Javale McGee. I'm cool if Gobert is there, but they have like a Montrezl who's like a power forward that can play center for a quarter yes. and a half. Yes. Like I'm cool if they have someone like that that comes off the bench. I'm cool with them keeping Gobert to start the game off, see how he does against the other team, see what you know how that works out. Him get some a couple blocks, maybe guard like an Embiid or something like that. But as soon as there's a sub, if they had a, you know. Even Blake Griffin, I I wanted Blake Griffin to go there when Blake was available. A Blake Griffin, a Julius Randle, um, something like that. I mean, even like a if they had, I mean, obviously he's not playing, but like a prime Fareed kind of guy. Even that, it didn't have to be like a dominant center, but someone who I'm cool with being our down low presence. I could give you names of guys I don't like. Tristan Thompson could have contributed. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I for think sure. Kelly Olynyk would have thrived. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because he would, he definitely would work hard down low. So if they have someone who's gonna work hard down low, I'm cool with Gobert staying there and just not playing the whole game. But him having to be center for 40 minutes a night, 30, 38 minutes a night, it's not gonna work. And if they're if they're gonna keep doing that, then yeah, he's on my must go because something has to change. And um, I guess probably could get a lot for him. Is there anybody else on your Moscow? Niang's on my Moscow. I don't see any universe that Niang helps. The, yeah, the that's. I didn't want to say it, but I just I don't know how he improves to help them in a meaningful way. Yeah, because he's not a really a, he's not big enough to be a big, but he's not mobile enough to like touch guards. I told you he, they want him to be Boris Dia, and he's just not. The IQ just is not there. And IQ yeah. is not like when we're three years in and I don't see any IQ, that's not a oh, you know, it's coming. Like, nah, you don't got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it sucks because I, I saw IQ from Niang in college. So, yeah, I, I met Niang in college one time. Shout out to him. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him. I just don't think he helps the Jazz. I, yeah, like I, think, I, said, I think he could get a shot on another team that would bring him in for a purpose. Right. Not as like a random point forward or whatever. I think he'd be cool on like the Pacers. I think he'd he'd help a team like that, a young team that kind of plays like a positionless in a lot of ways. I think he'd help a team like that, but yeah, not. I would like for him to know where some of his shots are coming from. Right. His one bucket was like a Dirk fadeaway. Are you kidding me? What the the fuck, Utah? Like he can't get an open (laughs) shot. Yeah, I'm not even. I have nothing to even say about that. I agree. He'd be a nice, you know, short elbow kind of. We're running the play off the elbow. Yeah. Oh, you backed up. He's gonna knock uh, it down. I, guess I like that. My final point about Utah, just to kind of sum up, I need to feel their front court. Yes. I, I six games. The Sixers barely play. Or Sixers. The Clippers barely played a center, and I didn't feel Utah's front court once. Right. That is like that. That doesn't even make sense. Yep. With the defensive yep. player of the year. Yeah. 
That's insane. And for me, on Utah, I need some more fire out of somebody on the team. I need somebody on the team that can go get an and one dunk and scream his lungs out and in somebody's face afterwards. Yes. Like I just need I need some energy on the team. Like Bogdanovich, he he'll get thirty and never speak for the nah. game. <laughs> Ingles will get you know twenty five. He don't shake people's hands. Yeah. He don't talk to you know the guys on the team. He don't give the ball when people are hot. He doesn't have. They don't look like they're having fun when they play. Donovan is the only guy who's laughing. He's yelling. He's pumping his fist. He's beating his chest. That's energy that you need in this kind of moment. He can't. He can't bring it alone. Right, and it, it somebody even has to, be, to match it. Doesn't even always have to be scoring. Patrick Beverly brings that and never touches the ball on offense. Reggie Jackson brings that. And Game he six, get, he did. Yeah, he may get 10 points, he brings it. Pretty much everyone on the Clippers has that, except for Kawhi. But everyone else on the Clippers has it. And Batum. Yeah, and Batum. But Batum, he'll, if Batum, if you let Batum dunk on you, Batum gets like this... Like he runs back on defense all fast. Little, little, yeah, face. little extra step. Yeah, yeah, I got you. No one, even Jazz, even no. has that. No, they don't. That's Sorry. that's what made me so mad about Derek Favors. Like nobody, ca- like he comes in and does nothing, and it's like, like we're still just playing him. Like why? And he doesn't care that he does nothing. <laughs> yeah, that shit makes that's me sick. They, no one on the Clippers. Wants to do nothing when they get even Kennard, who was wasn't even trying to shoot for the first half of the series. When he had that one good game, he was. I mean, you could see it in his face. He's flipping his hair. Yeah, flipping his hair when he came down court. He's beating his chest. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, get high. Patrick Beverly pounded him on the chest and everything. Yeah, who does that on the Jazz? Nobody. Ingles Ingles like fakes it sometimes, but it's fake. (laughs) Ingles looks like a snake sometimes to me, man. Like, he looks like he's mad when other guys have good games. Yeah, like that's he... true, yeah. A- all right, anyway. Um, uh, all right, let's go to the Clippers and the, uh, the, the Suns. We're that's off the why, Jazz. Yeah, man. We're I wanted to give Ty Lue more credit. <laughs> well, the Denver-Phoenix series is not much to talk about, but. That's true. Uh, this is. I wanted to give Ty Lue more credit until this mm-hmm. first game. Uh huh. I don't know why they they start series like this. It's like they're experimenting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, forget. You've given up threes eight games into the playoffs every night. Yeah. I don't know if it's a good idea to let Devin Booker get any mid-range he wants. Right. And I, I understand Terrence Mann is like a high-energy player. He's not a lockdown defender. No, he's not. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, credit to... I don't, even, I don't even have much to say about Phoenix from this first game. Not me either. Because they, were, they just... They, they looked they well-rested as well. Right. But they just capitalized on everything that the Clippers gave them. Yep. I mean, campaign is like a, a quick blow-by guard. He gets blow-bys. Oh, not only is he getting blow-bys, DeAndre Ayton's available every time he gets the blow-by. At one point, like, Batum was picking him up full court. And I just, huh? I didn't really understand, like, <laughs> what's going on. Why are you picking up campaign at the inbounds? 
and all campaign was getting to half court and then getting in front of him, and now they were playing five on four. And, and I, I Ty Lue, I, I criticized him during the last two Utah games. He comes out of timeouts. It, it doesn't even make sense what they run. Right. I mean, game six is in the balance at one point, uh, and they come out of a timeout with a Reggie Jackson, Nicholas Batum pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Immediate, not, the the pick and roll doesn't even like work. It's immediately a turnover. Yep. And this game is in a balance. Clearly, you don't care about stopping Devin Booker. You didn't care about stopping Doncic until game five or six. You didn't care about stopping Donovan until his ankle stopped him. Yeah. Uh, and here, Devin Booker spent the third quarter getting any shot he wanted. Yeah. They were letting him run a pick and roll, and he would, like, snake close to the pick and get in front of it and get to that, like, right second hash, like, second from the elbow shot, yes. and he was just hitting it every time. And that's his over game. Over. He, yeah. Like, that's what he wants more than anything. He doesn't start jacking threes until he makes some mid-ranges. And that's what that's what I would want as a team is for him to start jacking threes early. Exactly. So like you said, he gets his shot from the mid-range. But then, like, okay, now, now you're at the point, and this is why I don't understand how they play defense sometimes. You've let Devin Booker get, like, 30-plus points already. Now, now, he, now he's comfortable to make good decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, the Lakers would crowd him, especially the first four games. They would crowd him early on, so he's struggling before he gets off. Right. The Clippers let him do whatever he wanted, and then in the fourth quarter, they're shocked that he could drive to the paint and kick it to the corner. Yep. And the Anybody could do that is, in the league. The crazy thing is, when the Lakers did that, the only reason why that failed was because CP was there. And then the Clippers don't do that when they have the luxury of not having CP there. And, you know, you see what happens. In, in, in Phoenix, where they're better at than uh, Dallas and Utah, the, the role player quality shots are much better. Mm-hmm. They never just, oh, well, Jay Crowder and, and, like, Bridges are hitting, so we'll just feed them all night. No, they don't. Dallas yeah. fell into that. Utah fell into that. Yep. Phoenix, every time they started struggling, it was a handoff. It was a Devin Booker high screen and roll. It was, let's get eight in the ball. He hasn't touched it in a while. Right. And that's I was surprised that they were able to do that without CP. Mm-hmm. But then, again, I'm watching, this is my ninth game watching the Clippers defense, and I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. I just, they don't offer resistance in some of the most basic ways. Yep. <laughs> and I guess the last point uh, to another Ty Lue issue, like, this game is in the balance. Like I said, Devin Booker's doing whatever he wanted, but it's still a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, mid-fourth quarter, it's a couple possessions, like five maybe. Mm-hmm. Come out of a timeout with a PG post-up on Jay Crowder? Who has probably... 25 pounds on PG? McCall Bridges, thin. PG, PG's bigger. Cameron mm-hmm. Johnson, PG's bigger. Even Torrey Craig, who's pretty strong. P- 
PG's yeah, big. He's not PG, right? Jay Crowder is the guy. No, no creativity. No, like maybe you know, pin down at the bottom. Anything to try to get a switch, like a cut to to the post. Nothing. Just a PG post up on Jay Crowder. And see, that's my biggest issue. There was times in this Phoenix game where. One, I thought they sat PG way too long in the fourth quarter, the beginning of the fourth, because they had the momentum, and then they sat him for like six minutes almost, and then brought him in and expected him to just take over when Phoenix was rolling. And then they did nothing to get him open. Nothing. They just sit here, take it from the inbounds, and just figure it out. There was no picks. Like you said, there was no pin downs, no flex screens, nothing. It's just like, yo... You got it. Do what you do. Like Quinn Snyder did with Donovan Mitchell the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. But he would do that early in the game, not when the other team is, like, working them at the moment. Right. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing, I think they they fell in love with a fairy tale that, you know, I would think Ty would know better, but I guess not. Like, Mm -hmm. Reggie Jackson was spectacular in the Utah series. Reggie Jackson would have won Finals MVP if that was the final. Yeah, he was. He was like what Van Fleet did in the Finals for Toronto, where he was like making everything. Yeah, that was Reggie Jackson, but he was creating way more. Mm-hmm. He was. And Reggie Jackson thrives when you just let him hoop. By the way. Yep. Finally, fine. Like he's not a pick and roll guy. He's not a like run the offense guy. You just let him go. He's like mm-hmm. a bench scoring guard. Yeah, like, yeah, a Lou, yeah. like a Lou Will. Yeah. It, but the, the, the reason why it's a fairy tale is like Phoenix is better defensively than Utah. Mm-hmm. They're more versatile defensively. Yep. You can't just expect Reggie Jackson to be spectacular. Same thing right. with, you know, this happened last year with Doc. It's, oh, we're blowing a lead. PG, uh, Kawhi, where are you? Right. What do you mean? Where are you? Why can't other guys get a good shot? We can't run anything? Right. And Ty Lue's kind of fallen into the same thing. Like, man, PG kind of carried the offense to close out Utah. Like, we'll just let him go. Right. Like, I need creativity. I need an effort to get easy shots. I saw that from Phoenix all night, and Devin Booker had 40. And Rondo guarded Devin Booker for the fourth quarter. Oh, that was... I think we we said at least Ty Lue trying. I I don't know which one of us said it first, but you we're on the that, same yeah. page. Like he's trying to lose. He was doing that while PG was benched. That's when I'm like, you're doing this, and Paul George is on the bench. That's when I that's when I agreed that they were trying to lose. Yeah, and, and then Paul George comes in, and it's like the Clippers are shocked that he can't match what Devin Booker's doing. Right, and Devin's you, been he had just scored he 16 cool points in a row. Yeah, he's literally been hot since he came out of halftime. Yeah, it was it was yep. weird, man. Like they, every series they come in as if they don't scout the other team. Right, they did. That's true. And again, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. You know, we're not gonna know what the series is really like until Game Three. Mm-hmm. But they, like they, they can't expect to outshoot Phoenix the way they did with Utah. Right. Because Phoenix will match the high-quality shots. Utah can't do that. Right. Phoenix, especially if CP comes back for the second half of this series, 
Mm-hmm. You got no chance if you're going to play like this. And I think Ty Lue just needs to, you know, go ahead and man up and just, like, have the regular conventional matchups. Like, Morris on Crowder, PG on Booker, um, you know, Reggie Jackson on Campaign, and Zubash on Aiton or whoever starts on Aiton. Just, like, just let's just match up normally. I don't want Morris on... Uh, campaign and Batum on, you know, it, it was just weird. Batum they even was on zoned campaign. up at one point. Yeah, they did. They yeah. gotta stop Both doing that shit. Yeah, Phoenix, I get it. Again, Phoenix has great wing like play. Mm-hmm. Like that, they're four of Crowder, uh, Cameron Johnson, Bridges, and Tory Craig is a really good four interchangeable wings. Yeah, it is. Clippers don't have that consistency from the wing position. No, not at all. Nope. And last point, like, come on, Demarcus Cut, let him let him use his six fouls. It's okay. Yeah. Like they're stressed out when he got his fifth foul. I'm like, who cares? He didn't care, and he was abusing Sarge. <laughs> so abused, like bullying him. He had 11 points in five minutes, like. Keep him in the game. Dude, it's okay for him to foul out. And the thing is, he's a pro. He's an all-star. He he may need a few minutes on Aiton. He may need to get eaten up on Aiton for one quarter before he figures out what to do. Like, that happens. That's okay. It's the first game. Like, if you were going to let Cousins try to figure out Aiton, this was the time. Yes. While he was playing well. You don't say, yo, you guarded Aiton three times. He scored on you like you're done. Like this, yeah. you know, that doesn't you can't make sense. Let, Aiton just proved to us in back-to-back series that he can compete defensively and still produce at a high level. Yeah. You cannot allow him to now rest defensively because he's going to eat you alive with the layups. Exactly. So and Only Cousins would get him in foul trouble. Cousins would at least make him work. And Cousins would make him step out of the paint to guard his... Guard cousins exactly three. could possibly open up other things. And he didn't see that. I'm cool. With, I don't care if Sarge leaves the paint. He's not in the paint anyway. He's getting dunked on. But don't take cousins out and let Aiden sleep in the paint, waiting for people. Yeah. Is this? A, yeah. I. That's one. That was my big thing. I didn't really get. You know, let let cousins eat. He was eating and let him keep eating, or let him get exposed for a quarter. I don't. Like, I don't think anyone who has seen Cousins before believes that Aiton was just going to give him 50 for the rest of the game just because he couldn't guard him in one quarter. Right. Like, so yeah. All right, let's move on real quick. Let's move on to the Denver. Obviously, we just talked about the Suns. Um, let's just talk about Denver being eliminated. Obviously, they were plagued by injuries. Uh, and they just They just didn't have a chance, man. I mean, it was clear they didn't have a chance. Phoenix, man, I, you know, I I was wrong about Phoenix, man. I, I really didn't believe in them with how they played during the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, it looks like it's mostly on CP, but it, uh, Monty Williams also deserves a lot of credit for this. Yeah, he does. Nobody comes in there and is confused on what to do. Nope. And that's championship team 101. Yeah. You saw with the Lakers last year, everybody came in there for a purpose. Yep. And when everybody comes in for a purpose, 
they could thrive in unexpected areas. Yep. Like, you see any one of their wings looks like a lockdown defender at times. Yeah. Any one of their wings looks like an elite three-point shooter at times. Yep. Because they come in, they know they're getting good shots. And they even run, like, sets to get Bridges a a good shot every now and then. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just think, like you said, man, they just, Denver got unlucky. Phoenix is like a well-oiled machine, to be honest. And another thing about Phoenix, and, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit the other day, too. When you have a young team like that, a young team that's promising, that is gaining momentum, you add, all you have to do is add winners to that team. You add competitors. CP is a top-tier competitor probably in NBA history. Crowder is a top-tier competitor in the league right now. You add those two guys to a team that is already feeling it, I mean, it just it brings them up. Yep. Campaign is a winner, man. He loves to win. He's a competitor. He's gonna go at everybody. He doesn't matter how many yeah. rings, how many All Star appearances. Campaign is coming at you all night. And I, and I love like to your point, all three of those guys. I love to see like I I made a mistake. I didn't want to make it, or mm-hmm. or like I made a nice play. Like like let's go. Like let's keep it going. Yeah. I hate when I don't see that from guys. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, it, you shouldn't be turning it over and just moving on. Like, you should know, okay, this is why I can't make that turnover. That's a bad turnover mid-fourth quarter. I shouldn't make that. Yeah, accountability. Yes, yeah. I feel the competitive from everybody on the team. Yep. They they're, they learn from their mistakes very quickly in-game. Yep. And I actually liked... Like, it didn't look like it was a close series, but Denver stayed in every game about as long as they could. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and they they just... They don't have the firepower to match such a well-balanced team. No, they don't. They don't have the firepower. And, you know, the truth is, man, Jokic is amazing, but there's no offense on Denver, really. It's just, there's Jokic... Move and cut, pass and cut. Yeah, you know, set a couple screens and then just see if Yo- see if Jokic sees you. There's no Phoenix. Like... Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you, you go ahead. Phoenix handling them as easily as they did, especially in the fourth quarters. Yeah, makes me f- fucking hate Nurkic that much more. Because it's like you know, six games or six games, you couldn't figure <laughs> the out the offense. Shot. The random shot fired. <laughs> but six but yeah. games, Phoenix figured them out first game. Yeah. Portland, six games, and they were clueless to like how to stop them or how to even contain them. Yeah. Like I said, they don't do anything. I mean, they just no. come down and just... It's, they really look like the most pickup playing team to me. But, at but all where, the teams that where I like them up. is they, they also have... Maybe they're short on winners, but competitors they're not short on. I think everybody showed me, even Porter Jr. showed like growth as a competitor as the playoffs went on. Yeah, he did. Millsap has always battled. Always. His play yeah. style I've had issues with, but he's never like he's never lazy out there. Mm-hmm. Jamichael Green's a worker. Monty Morris is a worker. Austin Rivers is a worker. Campazzo is a worker. Even Aaron yep. Gordon, who came in and out of purgatory, immediately became a worker. Yep, yep. 
So the, I agree. The culture for them is really good. It, but you know, other than Millsat, the only difference is none of them have won before, and that's the that's the tough part. You know, right? Not that they haven't won rings, but they haven't been somewhere where it was like, "Yo, we got a real chance. Let's get this done." It's always been like, even when they're the higher seed, they're the underdogs for some reason. Yeah, they they always seem short on experience. Yeah, they don't have that that guy. They don't have anyone who knows how to win. But they do have a bunch of competitors. You're right. You're right. But no, no one has seen it done and like, yo, this is what we did here. This is how we're going to get this done. Whatever. You know, they haven't been yeah. in those moments. Yeah. It's just tough. You know, they asked like Michael Porter to be the second option versus uh, Phoenix, who it's either CP, Devin Booker, or, or DeAndre Ayton. And they could yeah. split time doing that. But the thing is, Denver is so non-committal with everything. And part of that is because Jokic, right? Because there's some nights where Jokic just says, you know what, there is no second option tonight. It's just me. Yeah. It, so, and that's that's where Jokic, to me, that's where Jokic isn't a point guard at all. He's just a guy who can really pass. He can handle the ball. But the understanding the game of saying, like, yo, Someone else needs to be going tonight. He misses that a lot. But he's like, "Yo, you guys who get the scraps if you're feeling it, take that shot." But like, yeah, that is it. it does how it look. But one guy I think he he respects enough not to do that with is the guy who got hurt, Jamal Murray. Yeah, he does. Yeah, especially after last year's run, and that's kind of my big thing for them is I I, I have no problem with them running it back with this group and Jamal Murray. Because mm-hmm. I think Aaron Gordon will thrive even more with like more of a, a threat to score at point guard. Yep. And and like you know, Compazzo, like he, I'm sorry, he sucks. Like Portland's awful defense made it look like he doesn't suck, but that's not a mystery. He's not good. Right. So I, <laughs> him getting so frustrated at the fouls in the yeah <laughs> in that series was hilarious. Yeah, but. I just, I think, I don't mind all those guys playing, you know, obviously Rivers is a great fit, mm-hmm. and he's going to be a guy who will surprise you in close games next year, like, when you don't expect him to. Yeah. So, again, the culture's there. I guess, my, do you have anything they should, like, any drastic changes you think they need to make? Uh, I'm not sure if there is a drastic change, but I think... I have someone on my must-go. I have one thing that... It's like a must-go thing, I think. Yeah, you can go first. To me, they need to... And it's not even an upgrade or downgrade. They gotta get rid of Barton. He's he's my must-go, too, yeah. And it's, it's, not, it's not so much like him not being good enough. I just think they need... Especially when Murray comes back, they need a steady presence at guard mm-hmm. and specifically like a wing capable guard yeah because like I like how Compazzo plays defense but he's 5'8 yep Austin Rivers is a little bit bigger but he's 6'1 170 80 he's frail you know he's probably a little more than that but he's frail yeah 
so like again, I love how they com- Monty Morris is undersized. Yep. They need a guy who like when Devin Booker's going off, I can't have guys under six feet contesting him. Right. So, I mean, any of those Phoenix wings would be perfect for uh, Denver. Honestly, like looking at Phoenix, Denver's kind of missing Torrey Craig. Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised they let him go. You know, I, I think they need more of an offensive presence than Torrey Craig. Mm-hmm. Uh, but any of the guys who who are a little bit bigger and I could trust to make shots and defend. Yeah. And there's a lot of those guys. I mean, you know. Yeah, there is. Yeah. All over. Yeah. Everybody in the league has them, it seems like. KCP would be fire with, with them. The Spurs have four of them. I would take on there. Danny, you know? Danny Green, you know, I don't know what his contract looks like, but six yeah, a good won. chance Sixers won't bring him back. Yeah. 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 Who who did you just say before Danny Green? KCP? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think KCP would be like the a perfect one because he'll give you a one dribble pull up too if he's not yeah. just taking he has some he has some versatility offensively. Yeah, that, I think that's one thing they need. Where I think they need someone who can play inside, outside, who can cut, who can slash, who can run the court. That's um, that's why Gary Harris, even though he often didn't play well, he like you never really wanted to take him out. Yeah, if they could have kept Gary Harris, I would have just I I would just release Barton. Yeah, and just keep just do what we're doing now with Gary Harris. Yep, and, and um. I think that would be perfect because Gary Harris is what they are missing. Yeah. Now, uh, but Barton definitely is is not. He's it. just too like he's too high and low. Mm-hmm. That's that's not really what they're not missing like a exciting bench like presence. No, they're not. Even they're like not. you said, playing pickup, they could keep up. It's just they need some stability when they're playing pickup with reliable guys. Yeah, they they do need someone who's just a role player. Yeah. They don't have. Not everyone has to have a, you know, a job. Yeah. Like, difference between a job and a role. Like everyone now has like a job that they have to do, but they just need someone who can just play, do what they do every night, yep. a consistent. I know what I'm getting from him every single night. Yep. And and Murray getting healthy. That's the two things to me that they need. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, moving on. Let's go to. Brooklyn. Philly and oh, you want to oh Brooklyn? Let's go with Brooklyn first. I want to save okay, Philly okay. for last because I'm a little heated about that. All right, yeah, yeah, I forgot we got a lot to say there. Uh, uh, do you have a whole lot to say here? Uh, it's a good amount, man. This this series was was awesome. I gotta say, it's one of the best series of all time. Talk about living sure. series living up to the hype. It, what's crazy is it was one of the best series, and we only ever saw two. Of the big three at a time, right? I, it's Brooklyn is tough, man, because this series started off similar to Utah, where the first two games, I'm like, oh my god, Brooklyn looks insane. Yep, Brooklyn looks like like they're walking to a championship, no problem. Yeah, I mean, dude, those first two games, I was I was in utter disbelief. They had KD was strapping. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving was strapping. Yeah. Uh, Joe Harris, which I thought was an ex- expected thing, was hitting shots. 
Yeah. Uh, Blake Griffin. I mean, the whole series. Blake Griffin. My God, incredible. The pinnacle of what a role player should look like. Blake played amazing. Yep. Uh, Claxton was great. Yep. They, they were getting... Bruce Brown was getting floaters left and right. He would look like an unstoppable, like, matchup nightmare. Yeah. I mean, what's his name? Mike James was coming in there looking like a vet. <laughs> I, I was like... How does this team have no flaws? Right. And then Kyrie gets hurt. Yep. And it turns Well, in... no. And then Milwaukee won a game. And then Kyrie got hurt. That's right. Game four, Kyrie got hurt. Yeah. When Kyrie got hurt, it became the one-man show, the KD special. Mm-hmm. And... I'm not we we probably think slightly differently of this. The the KD special game plan it could work. It can. But Golden State did it in such a good way where okay, we'll try to get the team going. Team can't get going. KD special. Well, there's one big difference between that. KD didn't bring the ball up court on Golden State much. Also true. But but the KD brought the ball up court the whole game in the last two games. Yeah, but the problem for me, I don't like bringing the ball up is not really to me the the more of a concern. It's the off rip we're going to the KD special. But but that's the problem. Him bringing the ball up court means that no one else even looks at another. <laughs> the shot. possession's going right into it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll give you that. Yeah. When Draymond or Steph brings the ball to court, Draymond never only looks in one direction. You know, Steph at least is like, oh, you're backing up off of me? Okay, I'm shooting this. Or, you know, or it's, uh, you know, uh, we went to Durant twice. Steph's bringing it up. Oh, they're doubling Durant. We got a clay back door. There it is. But it's no, yo, I'm bringing the ball to court. Just spread the floor. It's over. Yeah, and it's frustrating to me because... Again, KD can make it work because he's really talented. He can score all night if you leave him on an island. Mm-hmm. But, like, like Joe Harris is to blame to some extent for not being able to make any fucking open shots the last five games of the series. Right. But there was no rhythm to his game. Not at all. Bruce no Brown, one caught a rhythm. Bruce Brown didn't have a rhythm after the first two games. Nope. Uh, even even Blake, who was still finding ways to be great, yeah. The the uh, like the amount of times he was allowed to contribute lowered. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> In it's just the crazy thing about this series is, despite all of that. I thought when Game Five happened, I thought the series was over. You thought Brooklyn was taking? I thought Brooklyn was going to handle it. Game Five, that was the The, Durant triple double, yeah. The the Jeff Green again. I'm not trying to take credit away from Durant, but Jeff Green hitting like eight threes. Didn't he have like twenty nine? Twenty nine. Yeah, no. That is like that is like if if Durant's performance was let's say. 60%. Jeff Green was the other 40. 
Yeah, complete other 40. And Blake played really good that game, too. Yeah, Blake did, too. So, Blake gets at least 5 to 10. But Yeah. I was just... I saw that game 5, and I'm like, yo, they're... I was mad at Milwaukee because they're they're just setting up P.J. Tucker to fail. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, yeah. P.J. Tucker is a great defender. Like, I understand that... It's just looking around the league, you wouldn't have better, many better options to put on KD. Right. But that doesn't mean he can stop KD. Well, yeah, no one can. Exactly. Yeah, no one and, can. and it's almost like, especially that late third quarter when Durant started going pick and, high pick and roll and nothing else. Yeah. And getting layup, layup, mid-range, mid-range. I'm like, yo, like, Brooke Lopez can't handle this. Right. And then, and then what made it worse is Giannis, Giannis, you know, sold the hell out of the game, not being able to, fading away on James Harden. Yep. And then after the game, he's sucking KD, which during the series is such a bitch move. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, mentally, I just don't see Milwaukee overcoming this. Right. And, and Milwaukee just relaxed after that yeah that's really all they did Giannis you're the second option that's okay mm-hmm. you can still get 40 being the second option yep but I don't need you to like I don't need you to back it up and go at guys all night right that's just those mid mid post ups uh, do not look good either yeah and you know there's certain teams you could do that when when a team doesn't have a second guy to throw at you. Mm-hmm. Go for it, right? But they got Blake, who's just as physical as you are, mm-hmm. and Jeff Green, who size wise is capable of matching you, yeah. just physicality and, wise and agility wise, yeah. right? And Giannis in that game six, Middleton got going, and Giannis became the clear cut second option. Yeah. Just like it worked so well for the Clippers in the first round. Kawhi gets mm-hmm. going. PG gets to eat being the second option. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought that was Milwaukee's balance for the first time, like, showed in the playoffs. Yep. And, and game yep. six I thought was so big for them, man. I, I just... Just how, how well Middleton played, how patient he played... How involved guys were, how the bench didn't come in for no reason. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not bringing everybody on the bench, at least guys are coming in to contribute. Right, right. So I, I loved everything about how they played in that game six. I agree. I'll say this about Durant, right? Uh, and I've said this before, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way. It's not like a negative thing. But I always look at Durant in the same mold as uh, Iverson, right? I've said this multiple times on this podcast. Yep. Yes, Durant may have no cap on the amount of points he can score, but the team is not... It doesn't help the team doing that. Like, Durant getting 60 a game would not, con- would not like, give them a winning yep. uh, organization. And part of it is because... He wants to have the ball the whole possession. He brings the ball up court. He doesn't look anywhere else. You know, if he gets trapped, he may see you, right? Or if he gets a rebound, he sees you going down court. You know, that's an easy assist. He can get the triple-doubles as possible. Yes. But the 
Um, on the flip side, with the Bucks, the Bucks probably have the most players that can guard Durant on, than any other roster, I would think. Like, when I say can guard Durant, they're the most players that are, like... Capable. <laughs> eh, capable it's, of being It's tough because Durant is so good, but, like, like, Middleton was the second guy to go at Durant. Yeah. And he... He got stops. Right, exactly. It, they have PJ, Middleton, Giannis, and Drew, who I am comfortable all guarding Durant for a possession or two each. Like, I, I don't want Holiday on him for too long, but two I was gonna possessions. Say, yeah. I was going to say, I'm, Holiday, extended time, I'm a little nervous. Right, two or three possessions, though, I saw him pick Durant up and made Durant take tough shots. And that's cool. Yep. Durant doesn't do good against strong guards. I've seen it before. I've seen CP. I've seen and, and um, credit Beverly to Durant. Credit to Durant because his post game showed in this series. Like he, like he's mm-hmm. clearly he took that a uh, bad choke against the Clippers way back when. Yeah, and he's made his game in such a way where small guards can't just take the ball from him. No, they can't. No. But they still they still do give him fits, yes. but not enough fits to stop him from scoring. Yes. You know, right. for long periods of time. But yeah, when the when I saw that the Bucks were willing to experiment with who guards him per possession, who they're willing to go with the switches, I was like, oh, the Bucks can win this. Like they can do this because PJ on him all night wasn't working. Right, it didn't, wasn't stopping him. Middleton on him all night was affecting Middleton's offense. And affecting the team's offense, but once they were switching back and forth, I'm like, okay, yeah, the, I like this. Those high screen and rolls, man. Brooke Lopez looked just like a deer in headlights. Oh yeah, Brooke, Brooke had issues, of course. <laughs> he was the only one on that was you know really tough when it came to that. That's why I was surprised they never went with Portis. I don't, I still don't know where he is, but I was surprised they never went with him because Portis has, you know, his foot speed is a lot better than Lopez's. And Durant wouldn't try to post up Portis. Yeah. So, but either way, man, um, it was an amazing series. I think if Harden had really gotten going, it probably would have been a different. You know, I think I think if Kyrie doesn't get hurt, this series doesn't go seven. Dude, Kyrie was strapping. I agree with that. I was I I was in shock. I was watching. I'm like, dude. Like, Kyrie looks like the best guard in the league. Not point guard, because he gave that up, thank God. But just yeah. overall guard, the way he can score, and when he's, like, competing on the other end and getting steals and staying in front of guys and rebounding. Yep. I was like, holy shit, like, this is... I've never seen this all-around game from him. He was all over the place, yeah. Well, one thing I, I don't like about how Nash coached the series, um, aside from him... Going with the, you know, only Durant um, yes. offense. I um, I don't like how the depth on the team. I never felt a full confidence in the depth of the team. Like I saw um, Mike James. Is that that's his name? Yeah. Right. I saw him get out there. He had you know a nice game first. Nice two games. First two games. I saw, you know, Jeff Green played amazing that game uh, five. Um, but I never, for a full night, felt like 
all the players had like full, uh, like were fully involved in the game. And I, I know that when Durant's doing his thing, that's Durant. But Nash has to has to do something with that. Where it's like, yo, you know, Durant, you can sit for a second. We need to spread the ball around. Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown never got consistent minutes. Uh, Blake's minutes kind of got weird. Like his fourth. Like towards the second half, he wasn't really playing much out of nowhere. Sometimes, um, I think obviously, like I said, Mike James really didn't get consistent minutes. I, the only one who got consistent minutes was Joe, and he was playing, wasn't doing anything. I think Nash, Nash, kind of showed that he's like a first-time head coach yeah. in in subtle ways, though, because Brooklyn is looks spectacular. I I really don't want mm-hmm. them to change. I want them to come back. Hopefully, get healthy. You know, hopefully the season being normal next year helps them out yeah. a lot. But yeah. uh, Nash is like random willingness to like, for example, you give up on Mike James. But Landry Shamit, who spent the middle of the series out playing Joe Harris, he doesn't get to really contribute at the end of the series. Right. Right, like that's that's a change. Okay, Shamit's playing better. Joe, like your your minutes are gonna shrink until you start making shots. Exactly, and that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Those kind of things was really I mean, awkward. Game me. game seven, I couldn't find Jeff Green. Thirteen minutes. Yep. No, sh- I mean no shots. You know that's more on Jeff Green because I've seen him do that countless times. Just be yeah. soft and not try to do shit. Yeah. But thirteen minutes. For a guy who was the reason KD got a triple double in Game Five, yep, sole reason. Yep, I that shocked me. Blake didn't get a lot of looks the last game. No, you, uh, you know what else I think screwed up again. Did Claxton play Game in the Seven? Last couple no, games? game. I don't remember six, but Game Seven he didn't touch the floor. Claxton was. I thought Claxton was like the best. Uh, change they made as a team throughout this season. Yes, and I, I still, like, another example of, like, Claxton, I, I don't remember if it was game six or five, but he fouled quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, that's okay. It is. It's okay. At least he's not giving up, like, Brooke Lopez was giving up buckets. Right. Because, you know, he shouldn't get in foul trouble. He needs to be out there, especially for both ends for Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. But Claxton is a limited minute guy. Yeah. Let him use his fouls. He'll help you out because he's on the boards. I mean, Milwaukee's not really that great on rebounds. Not really that consistent. Mm-hmm. And he's going for blocks. He's containing guys. He's a capable defender. Yeah. I just again, you know, to another example of an overreaction to like foul trouble from a from a seventh, eighth, ninth guy. Who cares? Right. Yep. Especially if you're if you're comfortable with benching him for a full game, you shouldn't be worried about him fouling Giannis twice. Where you're gonna get one free throw out of it. So I mean, what's the problem? Yeah. I, you know what else bothered me uh, in kind of thinking about the KD thing we we're talking about. While while they fell into that when Kyrie got hurt, mm-hmm. it wasn't. I would understand if they 100% went, KD, you take us home, or you literally take us home. <laughs> they Take us either to home or to Cancun. <laughs> right. 
And uh-huh. Harden comes back in you know, Harden competed and I gave him you know, I told you I I like that he tried. I like that yeah. he was kind of working, he was trying to make things happen. Yeah. But this was this was a perfect opportunity to make him a spot up shooter. Mm-hmm. And they didn't try to do I thought some of Harden's the few great shots that he got yeah. were when he's in the Joe Harris, just waiting for the ball in the wing. Yep. But they yep. still like, oh, KD, well, we can't just give you the ball all night. But you're kind of doing that anyway, but we we can't do that at Harden. Try to make some plays. Right. And, and Harden, you know, because he wasn't mobile, because he was hurt, he killed so many of their possessions with, like, just how long he took to do anything. Yeah. Yep. And he was being so annoying about it. Like, it's everybody else's fault that he can't move. And you brought up a great point. Uh, one problem with Durant on the court, period, there's very few, again, there's very few second chance shots. Durant's shots are a lot of times unreboundable. And one major problem is Durant is playing power forward. So when he takes a shot, there's no other guy of size crashing. He's two inches taller than Blake. Yeah, they had... Blake is supposed to be the one clash crashing they had Blake and uh, Jeff Green like small uh, like shooting guards a lot of the time right so you have Durant spreading the floor and him taking a long three and no one is in the paint so uh, so when Harden came in and tried to take some shots Durant was just standing there watching the shot go up like and not going after the ball that's not that's never been Durant's game right and it's, it isn't his game, but the thing is, if you're not going to play Claxton at all, and you have Jeff Green in at the five, who's also who just hit six, seven threes the last game, you expect him to think, oh, I need to go get that rebound? No. Exactly. And that's that's a coaching thing. You you know, that's something you call a timeout and say, look, guys, if you see Harden spotting up, as soon as he touches the ball, I need everyone going to the running into the paint because I want him to shoot that shot. That's fine. Yeah. Joe was taking shots that no one was rebounding. And they were good reboundable shots. They were falling right into the restricted area and nobody was there. Yeah. <clears throat> like, Brooklyn showed me that they're... Like, they were a little overconfident in their offense. Yeah. Uh, but... Again, like not all those Nash mistakes I mentioned, like they're minor things that, at the end of the day, they're still in Game Seven with a great chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. And I, I gotta be honest, Game Seven, I have really nothing bad to say about the Nets. It's all about credit to the Bucks. Yeah, me I too. mean Giannis. First point, Giannis making six free throws in a row from like second quarter to fourth quarter at one point. Great. I mean, I, I was like, I wanted to cheer at one point. He was like, I think he was seven for eight. I think he missed one, maybe airballed it, and then hit the next one. Yep. I think he was seven for eight, yeah. And they're counting, you know, I thought when he airballed that one and they're counting, I'm like, oh, no. Like, this is about a, this is going to be a long game full of bricks that I don't want to watch. <laughs> yep. And Giannis, after that, started knocking him down. He's still taking 12 or 15 seconds. But yeah. if they're going to let him, you know, as long as you knock him down, who cares? Yeah. 
Uh, and the other point, I mean, Drew Holiday, who was literally in a Brooklyn uniform for the majority of the series. <laughs> yeah, he was. Those two threes and then, like, the little baseline fade pull-up that he did yep. was huge. And not to mention... He, I mean, he, he took care of the game at the end. Yeah, he got the stop on KD. Yep. If he didn't body KD as much as he did, you saw it. Tucker didn't get to body him as much. We went right. to overtime. Yep. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Holiday predicted the spot a little bit better, bumped him more, tougher shot, air ball. Yep. So uh, Holiday responded, and I mean, I was going to be ruthless on him. Yeah. You know, I still, I, I didn't forget. I'm Eric Bledsoe, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You you clearly you weren't you still you know were a problem but you weren't as much of a problem as I thought you were. <laughs> yeah, at least at least Holiday hits his free throws. Right, and, and yeah. it would like Holiday isn't as much of an upgrade to Bledsoe as I thought, mm-hmm. and that's really only because of how aggressive Bledsoe is, which I wanted to see more from Holiday. Right, and Holiday just took shots all night. I mean. That, that was killing me. In, yep. in Middleton, that turnaround he hit in overtime was huge. And he had a bad game. Yeah. He had a couple of huge shots in the clutch, too, in the fourth. Yeah. And, and one yeah. thing with Middleton, and I told you this, I don't I think it was after the series, but Middleton is the one guy who they could play through and get good shots. Yeah. And not just for Middleton. Yeah. With Giannis, it just, it's just kickouts. It's like Utah basketball. Yeah. That like I don't want to see that. Brook uh Milwaukee is way too balanced. They have way too many threats to just mm-hmm. play like Utah. The the only difference and this is why um Milwaukee gets away with it more is because when Giannis kicks out, he stays to try to get the rebound. Right. When Ingles or Donovan or Conley kicks out, they just out. run back. Yeah. Yeah, or they run back down court, or they try to get open again. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I was really impressed with Milwaukee, man. Like, I I, I was pretty convinced that Brooklyn was going to win. Mm-hmm. But just watching how Milwaukee responded, how they matched. Like, I'm, KD had it going, and I'm like, you know, this game five all over again. You can't stop KD. They're not even going to need anybody else. You know, mm-hmm. I we know Blake is going to help. Somebody, I'm sure, will help. Yeah, and they just battled all the way through, man. They did, they did, and they looked very complete. Uh, I I think that in the seventh, uh, in game seven, Budenholzer didn't want to go too deep in the roster and risk, you know, having some silly mistakes. Uh, But and that's I, I I want that for game seven. Right, exactly. But you know, I think with this um, next series, I think he gets to experiment maybe with Portis. On um, Collins at times, throw Bryn Forbes out there for longer stretches. Uh, I think he'll probably have more room to experiment to start, and I think that they'll need that in the finals because they can't go just with six guys in the finals. Right, that's not going to work. But I think, uh, I think the matchup wise, they they're in good shape. Like Atlanta is to me a favorable matchup for Milwaukee. I agree. Yeah, just just overall matchup wise. Yeah, especially with Hunter and Reddish out. Right. I mean, yeah. I think that those two maybe make it a little odd for Milwaukee, but without them, 
I, I think Milwaukee definitely has the advantage. Definitely. Yeah, they they they're a clear favorite to me. I'm not saying it's yeah. like a locked, you know, a locked result because Atlanta offensively could keep up with anything. Yep. Uh but just just thinking about like game plan wise, Milwaukee has more things they could do successfully on paper. Yep. Yep. All right, let's get into them then. Let's get into the Atlanta and Philly series, and let's you know close it out here eventually. But <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, Atlanta is great. Let's start man. with Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start on a positive note. Um, Trey Young has officially arrived. I mean, oh, Trey yeah. Young looks amazing. Oh yeah, best point guard in the league. Best yeah. point guard, like best point guard who like knows his own roster. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean the feel he has for all his guys. Uh I I love how he forces lobs. Me too. Because like Capella isn't that's the only way Capella is consistently involved. But it it keeps and it keeps the centers aware. Right. Like they're not just there chilling just you know like trying to see out the way. They're always looking at what Trey is doing. They're looking at every shot cuz a lot of teams the centers Shot goes up, and the center is, like, looking for their man. They're lo- trying to get in the right position. But the Hawks' centers are always in position for rebounds because they're always prepared to yep. go for lobs. And with Collins, it, it's it's also great because Collins, sometimes he starts off slow because, you know, at times he's kind of the second option, and he's, he's not yeah. really ready for that yet. No, he's not. Uh, but, again, just playing pick and roll with Trey Young, now he's... You know, similar to what they did with AD last year, the Lakers, just involve him yep. in the offense. Not not feed him the ball and, like, try to force him to go off. Just include him in basic sets. Trey Young, man, I don't know if I said this before, but him coming out of college, he does exactly what he did in college. Oh, yeah. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah. They just and his can't team stop in college him. was not good. And I don't really get... This is kind of what's crazy about the NBA, like drafting the scouts. So when, if I was uh, Trey Young's year, I would look in the league and say, okay, well, who's the most dominant point guard in the league? Oh, that's Steph Curry, easily. So this dude like does exactly what Steph Curry does in college. But actually, we see a lot of these other guys. So let's go here. Like this doesn't make that doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you try to get the guy who's like the for lack of a better term, like the clone of the two-time MVP, well, to be fair, he was champion in what the league. Pick was he? Like ninth, eighth? Oh wow! I thought they he's... traded. Remember, Luca was high. They traded away from the Luca pick to get Luca. You know? Yeah. Who was after the, that? The, I, I could look it up, but he wasn't okay, a top okay, three pick. Okay. If he's not a top five pick, that that's yeah. I, I complete. I'm completely with you. I just the fact that there was eight yeah. teams willing to pick anybody before Trey Young is ridiculous. Yeah, man. So that is crazy. I would like but, a list of those that, teams though, because really expose some of these franchises. <laughs> I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Okay. But but back to them, man. I I think that they have found a nice a nice uh, energy out of their guys. And, I mean, 
they just get it done, man. I, Gallinari has found like his role on the team. I lo- I love how Gallinari gets shots off, and like, uh, he decides right then and there, like, yo, I'm either gonna keep shooting or like I'm good, I'm off, and that's it. You know, like he doesn't take a lot of bad shots after those first couple shots. Yeah, unless he's ma- he he's good at like if I'm making him, y'all better stop me. But if, exactly. if I'm not making him trade, you got it. We're unstoppable when you got the ball. Here you go. Yeah, like he's like, yo, if I have, if I don't have my rhythm, I'm not taking any contested shots tonight. <clears throat> like I, I love that about him. Bogdanovich, the complete opposite. But I like that he stays aggressive because he keeps his defense on their toes. Yes. Um, and Herder has played just great. And, I, and he like, was. I hate, you know, the I have no negatives. For it, him. it was funny because when Hunter, when we knew that Hunter was going to be out. Personally, I would have put Gallinari in the starting lineup and still brought Herder off the bench. Yeah. And uh, Nate McMillan didn't do that. Right. Nate McMillan put Huerter in the starting lineup, and I'm watching Game 7, I'm like, dude, this guy's a high IQ guard. He should be in the starting lineup. Right. I mean, 27, and every shot he took was great. Right. Yep. Like, that's who you want in a close series. And, yeah. and it, it was such, like you said, it made Gallinari's role so simple, so effective. The rotation was great. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought they... Usually I hate when playoff teams sneak in bums. But Atlanta yeah. managed to sneak in Tony Snell. And, like, he never messed up the game. Yeah. Solomon yeah. Hill came in there and did nothing. Yep. Never messed up the awesome. game. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, I their balance is so good. Balance is really good. And missing two key guys yes. that help their balance. Yes. And, and tr- again, Trey Young keeping everybody involved. Mm-hmm. It just, it, like the roster on paper maybe isn't better than some of the other teams. But when the point guard has everybody involved, they can outplay it. Philly, who on paper is a better roster. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay, let's get to Philly, man. I have nothing else to say about Atlanta. Uh, I think we talked about Atlanta and Milwaukee already, so. Yeah. Let's it'd go be, to, it'd be an interesting matchup. Let's go to the 76ers. I what mean, do you think? oh my God. If if you if you look at the Sixers are just in disarray, if you... If you look at what's going on in the media and stuff, yeah, uh, they have completely collapsed, imploded, just blown up. The Doc Rivers special. We decide a prize. I don't want to start with Game Seven, but I just I can't help myself. And I'll come back to the rest of the series, but this this was an even series like early on this wasn't a Philly didn't dominate the first two games right uh Philly dominated one Hawks it was 2-1 Philly and they choked two games which I'll get back to if it comes up but mm-hmm. I most of them were most of them were even and then those two were just dominant for each team right yeah uh game seven apparently it's all Ben Simmons fault Yeah. According to Philly, the Philly's best player and Philly's head coach, it's all Ben Simmons' fault. 
safe to say they won't. The three of them won't be together next year. I don't know which one is going where, but let, let uh, me ask you this: be um, together. Were you surprised that Ben Simmons wasn't taking shots in the fourth quarter? No. If we're not surprised, why is the team that's playing and coaching him <laughs> surprised? I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Um, okay, so you, they had the graphic of him not taking fourth quarter shots. Again, no surprise. Zero, four games of zero shots. That's that's surprising. I'll give you that. Yeah. You know, he could have taken like at least two to four. I mean, my God. Right. So, so I'm not saying like he's absolved of blame, mm-hmm. and, and we could yeah. we could talk about him, you know, later on. But I have I have a, a really big problem with Embiid and Doc reacting to that loss the way they did. I agree. First of all, first of all, the planet fucking Earth is zoning in on that Ben Simmons spin. He kind of loses the ball. Gallinari quits guarding him. He passes it to Thibel. Yeah. He's wide open. Obviously, he should have dunked it. Again, mm-hmm. the guy hasn't taken a fourth quarter shot since game three. Right. And he doesn't like getting fouled because he misses free throws. That's well established. Yep. You were, you winning, you're winning games despite that. Right. Um, mathematically, that possession got them one point. Mm-hmm. That's... Maybe not two points like you wanted, but it wasn't a wasted possession. Right. Because if he went to the line, it might have got him zero. Right. Trey was gonna foul. Trey was not gonna let him just lay that up. Right. And he could have got it again. He could have. He should have went up with that. Obviously, yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah. But the guy's been passive every fourth quarter of every game this series. Right. Uh, if correct me if I'm wrong on the order. Next fucking play, Embiid gets ripped by the same guy who just quit playing defense. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right. Maybe yeah. maybe it's not exactly the next play, but... It was in the next few plays, yeah. With, Embiid had like three turnovers in the next, in the next five possessions. That's, I'm getting to that greater point. <laughs> but your turnover... Resulted in Gallinari getting a fucking wide open dunk. Yep. And the turning point was you getting one point? Not not your fucking turnover that resulted in the other team getting two points and getting a comfortable cushion. Right. It was Ben Simmons not taking the wide open shot. Right. Dude, that's like the pickup guy who, when you fuck up, he gets mad at you. And then the next play, he fucks up. Mm-hmm. And y'all lose the game after that second fuck up. And he's like, yo, if you didn't fuck up, we wouldn't have lost. Right. What? Yeah. That's exactly how, what it is. What you're saying, Dude, yeah. I was so... We talk about leadership all the time. We talk about... account. I was furious with Paul George all, all off-season, as short as it was. Mm-hmm. Because... He didn't take accountability for bricking shots. Right. And he's made strides. Right. Made strides in that. Right. But it's yeah. it's not like, yo, when when you played like trash, I don't want to hear about the team's flaws. Right. It was the same problem I had with Kawhi Leonard. He played like trash in game seven, and then he's talking about we gotta get smarter as a team. We need like IQ on the court or whatever he said. 
Kawhi, yeah. how about you play better? Yeah. It's the same thing here. Dude, you turned it over. Your turnovers were the reason you had no chance at the end of this game. Right. And it's Ben Simmons' fault. <laughs> he didn't take a shot in game six. That didn't matter. Right. Every other yep. game you won, he didn't take shots. Yep. But in game seven, before the game was out of reach, him not taking a shot, I mean, that just changed the momentum. Yep. Dude, that, that is the like the pinnacle of trash leadership right there. Now, who whose leadership is more trash to you, Docs or Embiid's? <laughs> it's tough because it's trash for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with him, uh, to just to finish on Embiid, you're you sucked almost every fourth quarter of this series, my guy. Yeah, uh, you know, and I gave you the benefit of the doubt for the majority of the series, blaming Doc. Mm-hmm. But when you suck for the major every fourth quarter of every game, and then have the yeah. fucking nerve to sit there and point to other plays like they determine the game. Right. That shit, that was so weak, man. That was so weak. And I was, I was so disgusted that like he fed, he furthered that narrative. Like it's all Ben Simmons fault. Cause he doesn't take shots. Right. Which again, do I think they would have made the finals with Ben Simmons playing like that? Probably not. Milwaukee probably right. would have handled them. Right. But you're in game seven. It's a tie game. Mm-hmm. Mid- at the end of game seven, it's Ben Simmons' fault that she's not taking shots. He hasn't done it the whole series. Or even just that whole game. Why would you want someone to take their first shot in their fourth quarter? He gets you 13 assists. He does his point guard job because he was looking for guys all night, getting guys good shots all night. Yep. He keeps Trey Young's shooting percentage trash. Yep, absolutely. Trey Young's trash. shooting percentage was only trash. Because of 85% Ben Simmons, 15% Dybul. Mm-hmm. Probably less than 15% Dybul. 90-10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and y'all mad at him because he's not taking shots? Doc Rivers, yeah. you blew two leads. Ben Simmons this not is, taking... This is third, right? <laughs> oh, series, yeah. Oh, yeah. But like the, Oh, you mean in the games. Those two yeah, games, they games. blew... I didn't hear anybody saying, yo, Ben Simmons should be taking shots. <laughs> nope. But this game, because there's one play where it he avoids a dunk, and then the mm-hmm. graphic is he hasn't been taking shots, it's all his fault. Right. Dude, that is... I was, I was so, like, Embiid, I wasn't as surprised. I was still disgusted. Mm-hmm. Doc Rivers, are you kidding me? I don't know if he's a championship... Doc, how about you make him a championship point guard? You're the fucking coach. And and that's my that's my biggest point. And I'll I'll jump on to your point right here. I have nothing to say about Embiid because I have always thought Embiid was a jerk Toxic. and a terrible leader. So I've, I'm ne- not gonna uh, add on to that. But Doc, I've been a point guard on a team before. I've been a point guard where I might not have been the best player or, like, I wasn't uh, relied on to be the best player. And sometimes all the coach had to tell me to do was, like, yo, 
TC, we need some buckets. That's it. Just tell me what to do. And what was clear to me in this game, Doc never at one moment said, Ben, I need you to give me 10 points tonight. Because I've seen when Ben was asked to step up, I've seen him go off in games. Just tell me to step up. When NBA was going out and they said, we're going to need Ben to step up, Ben had like four straight triple doubles of like 20 plus. Easily. Yep. And I, I also saw like them not push the ball at all in this game. Only only Simmons sped up the tempo. Yeah. The only and guy. Sometimes, yep. And sometimes it was like like the team like uh kind of like the team didn't move up court when Ben had the ball like yo let's go. It was like Ben gets it and then the team's just waiting and just walking jogging up court like okay we're going to get into our half court offense. When Ben, to me, is probably top five fastest players in the league, I texted texted you, what, like game three or four? I said, I think Ben may be the biggest freak I've ever seen in basketball, athletically. Oh, his speed is he, ridiculous. He's 6'11". I, I don't think I've seen anyone that fast. Yeah. When, he, when he goes full speed, I've never seen anybody like that. And I, I mean, you know, LeBron was really fast, but LeBron was more fast, like, without the ball. I've seen Ben push the ball, like, end to end. Like he's fucking Ish Smith. <laughs> yeah. Or like and Dennis then, Schroeder or somebody super quick. And then on top of that, there's nothing you can do when he gets it because he's so big and strong. So, like, I, I saw no use of that out of Doc. And I could see where Doc was starting these plays with the ball in Embiid's hands. And it was terrible, That's man. It right Eight there. turnovers? That's it right there. Eight turnovers? <clears throat> Dude... In the fourth quarter, when he took his, like, fifth straight jump shot, I'm like, oh, this game's over. It's over. Every fourth he, he kept, quarter. No. He kept going one dribble into the three-point line, jumper. I just It's over. It, like, Embiid is, like, decision-making-wise the biggest culprit for me. Mm-hmm. But the problem, every fourth quarter, what you did to have a lead or to play well that game died. Yes. Died. Forget playing through Seth Curry, who's unstoppable. Forget playing through Tobias Harris, who gave you 20 points in six of the seven games. Yep. Forget Moss, who stepped right in and fit in place of Danny Green immediately. Yep. Forget Tyrese. He played well. Right. Forget Tyrese Maxey, who played with energy every time he checked in. Every time. Another another coach who doesn't want to let the backup big use his fouls, it's okay for Dwight to get in foul trouble. That's his game. That is his game. He likes to be physical. He gets in guys' heads. George That's Hill finally, that. later in the series, George Hill finally starts playing smart basketball, and he can't get more than two minutes of playing time at a time? Yep. I, I was... Doc Rivers, to me, every fourth quarter, he said, MB, take us home. This, the reason yeah. I loved y'all all year is because finally I'm looking at this roster and I'm saying MB doesn't have to take this team to the promised land. Yep. Finally, this team could go to many different things to generate great shots. Shout out to Tobias, by the way. I think he was probably the most consistent player on the yeah, team. Yeah, I forgot. Like, he had the, the one middle game. The One of the comebacks, he was really bad. I think the first one. Yeah, uh, game 
five. Five. Second. He only had four points. Yeah. Second comeback. He was bad. That okay. One bad game. All the other ones, he had twenty plus. He had double digit rebounds twice. You know, he he was out there getting it done every other game. You got again. You got like the depth contributed. Yep. The depth was the reason you went to Game Seven. Yep. Embiid was blowing games, back to back games, and you never thought, yeah, "How about we play through? How about I could play through my godson or whatever he is, or my step? I don't, I don't remember the family connection. Son in law. Son in law. Yes. <laughs> How about I play through my son in law? He's unstoppable the whole series. Yeah, he was. Yep. Dude, he, yep. he made. He he at so many times <laughs> Seth Curry matched Trey Young. Yeah. And in the fourth quarter, it's like the 2018, 2017, or 19 Sixers all over again. Embiid, here you go. Everybody just stands still. Embiid, you're the mismatch. Get a bucket. Yeah. And he gets gassed because he has to work on both ends because Atlanta is a contender. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand. He's watching him get gassed every fourth quarter, and it's like it's Embiid's fault that his shots aren't going in. How about the fact that he's only taking jump shots? He doesn't look tired to you, Doc? Yep. And making terrible passes. And I don't know. I've I've never seen a big attract so much attention and make so many bad passes off the attention. Like, I've never seen that. Like, like, Shaq made better passes. He's like Anthony Davis. Like, they just, they don't know how to do shit, but, like, score. Yeah. It's... At least Anthony Davis, like, he's more concerned, and he didn't do that in Phoenix, but every other time, he's, like, more concerned with getting it inside. Yeah, he and is. Embiid, Embiid, and, and Anthony Davis has also proven to be clutch. Yeah, he has. Yep. I've never seen Embiid be, like, consistently clutch. He's selling fourth quarter after fourth quarter, and Doc is sitting there, man, fuck Ben Simmons for not taking shots. <laughs> Like, yo, it's like people are acting people are acting like in game seven, Ben Simmons just became like this bitch all of a sudden who like never wants to like be aggressive on off. He's played like that the whole series. Yep. So it's safe to say Ben will be off the team this offseason. I right? hope I hope he goes the fuck off wherever he lands. <laughs> Give me a good team for him. Um, Boston. Would you trade Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons? No, 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 no. You're right. Well, it, it gotta be. It gotta be. I'll give know. Smart and I can't give up Robert. Uh, I don't want. I forget Boston because they're rough. <laughs> depth is so rough. I don't want to reach with. They them. have to give up. You gotta give up something. You know. Um, maybe I'll say is low. I'll say Utah is a good fit for him. Thank you. Thank you. That's a, that's what I was looking for. I would trade everybody other than Donovan for him right now. Everybody other than Donovan and Gobert, because yeah. you know I keep Gobert. I think him and, and he he would really make Gobert like he would help Gobert not be useless for like full games. You play him at the four or at the one or like the one that as soon as he passes it, he goes to the block. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. But I, I think Quinn Snyder's better at at least making guys move than Doc Rivers is. 
Yeah, he is. Doc Rivers, uh, hold up, real quick again, on Doc Rivers, how do you not learn your lesson from last year? Bro, I've said this since we've been on this podcast, and I've said this since he left Boston. He's the worst at managing players' attitudes in the league. I just, last year you made the same mistake. And I gave you the, because the Clippers moved the ball well, I, I gave yep. you the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, look, you know, you didn't do anything, but Kawhi, uh, PG was getting great shots. Kawhi was just not outplaying Jeremy Grant. That's on him. Right. But this this notion, like, yo, star player, take me home. Like, no coach ever does that. And none of his teams have been successful doing that. That's why the Clippers were catching L's all the time. Lob City was catching L's every playoff run. Yep. Blowing leads. Blowing that Houston lead. Yep. I, dude, Doc... And again, like, last year he didn't blame PG and Kawhi. No. You know, he, he said he could have done things better. I, dude, the fourth quarter, y'all... Depth was non-existent. I could have done things better, but I won't next year. <laughs> That's what he should have That's said. That's what I'm saying. It's ridiculous, yeah. man. I, the, how he like sneak dissed Ben Simmons, and then after the fact, he's like, "Oh, I believe in him. I believe in him. We have a plan for him. We have a plan for him. He hasn't taken a hope- shot since you've gotten there." I hope he demands a trade immediately. Dude, if I was Ben Simmons, I'm swinging on both of them. That that is that is ridiculously disrespectful. <laughs> you know, I don't care the the social media wants to go nuts. Let them do that. Yeah. They're entitled to do that shit. And I gotta mm-hmm. be better in you know in a lot of those ways. And he and he took credit. He even said, yeah. "I have to help offensively." Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, who I never really thought of as mature, said, "Yo, it's on me." I gotta step mm-hmm. it up, but fucking yeah. Embiid, who was turning it over left and right. Oh, we lost the momentum when Ben didn't take an open shot. Are you fucking kidding me? And Doc yeah. is sitting. I don't know if he's a championship point guard, Doc. Yeah, that was sick, right Doc, there. Doc, if you me. could fucking coach, you wouldn't need a championship <laughs> point guard. <laughs> Seth Curry was a championship point guard this whole series. I mean. To me, I didn't think Rondo was a championship point guard as like a second-year player in the league right. or rookie, maybe. Right. He was a rookie, right? The first one? Oh, wait. He was like a second-year player. I don't think Second year. Yet. Second year. I mean. Perkins was like just just a second, third-year player. Yeah. But in that, in that, you know, as time goes on, I take more and more credit away from Doc for that. Because you have, I do too. have Kevin Garnett, you you really don't need to coach defense that much. You got nope. you got it, the truth, so you really don't need to worry about closing games that much. No, nope. and you got Ray Allen, so you don't need to worry about good shot selection from second, third, fourth guys. I think Garnett is probably top five emotional leaders right. of all times. It's I mean, like, you can't go wrong with that. Just, Everywhere he went, he won. Like Doc, I mean, Doc one on teams learned, that shouldn't have been winning. He never, he never learned from his limited Orlando T Mac team. He got carried by this Boston team. Didn't learn anything from that. I forgot Doc even coached that Orlando team. Hey, hey I you know, I didn't, I never yeah. get to see that blown three one lead, but 
Mm-hmm. That's, that was his, that was when he started off. Right. So it's Doc. Doc is showing such a stubbornness that I cannot stand in coaching. Yeah. Like like you look at Atlanta and and Nate McMillan changes if like if Gallinari's feeling it, play through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Lou Williams, like we got to get you back into it, even if you're not playing, if you're not the Lou Will of old, we still got to keep you in the game. Right. Nate McMillan made an effort to include everybody on the roster. Yep. But Doc yep. Rivers, MB, take you got it. Right. I mean, only LeBron coaches are get a pass for doing that shit. Yep. I, I even understand why Nash did that with Durant. Well, now you see why... Uh, was it last year where I said I think I would trade Embiid? I want to say so. That was yeah. last... I mean... Embiid is a really good player. And you're not going to get someone who's as good as Embiid. He's not a winner. Exactly. Simple. He's not a winner. He's not a good teammate. You could trade Embiid and have a completely new team. I mean, get like a Carmelo status. Give me six guys. Like, and, and I don't ask a lot of like star players. I just need take take accountability. Yeah. Especially when you blow in the games. It's not like like Trey Young. If Trey Young had lost, you know, he, he could have an excuse to blame. Saying he never would. By the way. No, he wouldn't. Trey Young, win or loss, said, we're a great team. We need to get better as a team. It's team. Team, team. Yep. It's either team or I didn't do enough. Right. And that's cool. That's fine. Take your own accountability. Don't make someone else accountable. Like, next thing you know, it's fucking Korkmaz's fault for taking bad shots. Like, <laughs> oh, Tobias took 24 shots to get 20 points. It's his fault. Right. Come on, man. Tobias is kind of cool because he only really takes shots when, like, the team desperately needs some buckets. Yeah. That's what I like about him. He's not out there just jacking, oh, we're down six, the other team has momentum, give me the ball, I'll, I got this. Like, he he makes these, like, frustrated runs by himself, which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, last point, I guess, to, to kind of close out because I've been yelling quite a bit, but... <laughs> Jokic was fat two years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's in better shape than Embiid is now. Yeah. Oh, well, cut Embiid some slack because apparently he was playing on the torn meniscus. But he's he's dominating for three quarters. And yeah, I gave exactly. him, you know, I told you, it's a lot of it is on Doc for not managing his minutes better. I don't know how you have a backup center that is a, just won a championship, that is a two-time defensive player of the year, that still has really young legs, and you say, I'll, I'll still play Embiid 40-plus you know, minutes. I was I was mad at Nash for playing Harden as much as he did Yeah. until I watched Game 7 of Philly. Because Nash is a first-year... If, if Harden's like, yo, I don't want to come out, what the fuck is Nash going to say? Right. Nothing. Uh, James, you got it. Go ahead. Yeah. Doc, you're one of the few voices in the league who I expect... To have a real conversation, like, yo, Embiid, we don't need you forty plus minutes. Right. We're we're good or, enough to to sustain good play without you for periods of time. 
And again, the meniscus. Just say, look, man, I, I don't. I want you to be able to play after this. Exactly. Series. It's not. It shouldn't be a, like an impossible conversation. No, it shouldn't. And Doc shouldn't just ran him into the ground, and then it's Ben Simmons' fault. That is. That is. That was so weak. And again, I don't mind the casuals talking about Ben Simmons needs to shoot or go to the shark, the Shanghai Sharks, and making jokes and stuff like that. He. That's on him. Yeah, but you got to game seven. You're tied with a, a minute and a half left. Yeah. Yep. That's ridiculous. And, and you know, again, to to give Ben some blame, like at this point, I'm starting to question if Ben is a winner. Yeah. Because Giannis, nobody tells Giannis not to shoot. It's take less shots. Or take better quality shots, right? Ben, you got you got to start taking them. But that, it, but that's where we have to understand what is being said in the locker room. Like Doc has to give us some clarity on that. Doc has to say, "Look, I told him I need I need fifteen points from him, and he's not shooting." Then that's completely on Ben, right? But if he's out there saying, "Look, Ben, we don't really need your shots. Let's just move the ball," and you know, if you get an open look. I mean, if you get a good cut, we'll take that. But we don't really need you to be aggressive. You just stay back, move the ball, get some rebounds, and let's, you know, push the ball down the floor. If that's all he tells them, then, you know, then we have a different conversation. I just, and Ben is being a good teammate, right? If, you know, in theory. Right. It just my thing so. is, like, watching this series, I never felt that Ben not shooting was the reason they were losing. No, Never. It wasn't. And all of a sudden, at the end of the series, it's all his fault. Right. Like, this series was a fucking blowout. It, the thing is, Ben and Embiid just are not a good combination no, because Embiid, like, Embiid is, for some reason, only in the paint when someone else needs a drive. Like, when someone else has a driving lane, oh, there's Embiid waiting in your way. But when, like... Embiid wants to take a jump shot, it's because he has the ball already and he backs up or he's coming out there to set the pick and he just says, oh, you know what, forget the screen. I'm just going to pop out right here. And then, you know, then the play breaks down, of course. It's just like, I, I understand I understand with the meniscus, like he does deserve credit for playing through that, but you had mm-hmm. energy to pick on Capella all, all the time. Yeah, no injury should make you have eight turnovers. In in seven games, I never saw you be an elite rim protector. Yep. Forget Trey Young. Huerter got layups. Gallinari yeah. got dunks. Lou Williams yeah. was getting to the basket. He had a couple of dunks, too. Yeah. There were so many times when there was a lineup out there with Dwight, and Doc just yanked him. Yeah. I'm like, you're playing well. Why can't Embiid rest more? Right. But Dwight has some nice dunks, too, and blocks. Just, it's like Doc wanted Embiid to win or lose the series, and now it's like every other excuse except that. Yep. That's the same thing as it was last year. Yeah. And he's and, yep. and Doc was... I caught him uh, game six and seven doing the same shit. Atlanta is starting to turn up. He's coming into timeouts, clapping his fucking hands. 
<laughs> I knew that was coming. I'm, I'm sick of that shit, dude. <laughs> That's like yeah, that just goes talk about that every time. Every time, bro. What are you doing? You don't mm-hmm. clap your hands or you play like trash. Right, right. You're right. Yeah. That shit really made me. I was hoping. I was excited for that game seven. I wanted like. I really didn't care who won. I wanted Philly a little more because I picked them to go to the mm-hmm. finals. But it the, the way the series went, I really didn't care. Yeah. And that dis- the disgusting way they ended, and it's like there's a good chance they ruined Ben Simmons' career. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a good chance he doesn't recover from this ever. Yeah. So yep. the fact that they just like they threw him under the bus – and then, like, made sure the bus went over him. Yeah. I was I was in shock, man. I really was. I think I would kind of like Terry Stotts to coach Ben Simmons wherever he goes. Wherever Terry Stotts is, I, I, I think I want to see Ben Simmons there. Another thing like, I would say for Ben is he got to get tougher on the boards. Oh, yeah, for sure. He rebounds sure. like a guard. Like, yeah, dude, you're 6'11", bro. I don't want to see that shit. <laughs> and Diesel. Not yeah. like Diesel. Then six eleven, he's strong. Yeah, I need, I need yeah. like, like power forward rebounds, right? Especially yeah. on fucking Solomon Hill or Gallinari. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I know his contract is kind of big. big, so I doubt if he can be bought out. I doubt it. I but hope, I he, hope demands he doesn't. A trade. I hope he demands a trade too, but I hope it's not like for a. I hope he doesn't go to a team that is going to decimate their roster. Yeah, like Sacramento. Like I, I can him... see Sacramento doing some wild shit just to get him for no reason. Right. I don't need yeah. that at all. I don't want to see like him getting traded one one for one for Zion, and then we don't have Zion and him. Like I don't want to. I trade him one on one for Russ. Maybe not an upgrade, but I'd do it. And DC, dude, DC fans would annihilate me for this. I like that. I like Russ and Embiid too. Yeah, I mean that's probably that's probably a ship that has sailed, but I don't know. No, they're they're keeping Russ for the long haul at this point. At least they're gonna at least see Russ with another coach. But uh, or maybe Russ would be so disgruntled he asked for a trade since they got rid of Scott. Um, Scott. I don't know. It's I would I wouldn't mind him in Toronto. Uh bring Kyle Lowry home to Philly and trade Ben for, to Toronto, see what he does there. I wouldn't mind Lowry, that. Lowry would make Philly like flawless roster wise. <laughs> I mean honestly, if it didn't blow up like it did, I was gonna come on here and like, yo, run it back. You're good. Yeah. You're good. It, like that's... you got the tools, you need you got everything you need. To me, if if Ben if Ben does run it back, I lose a lot of respect. I did too. Him, I did too. Like he has to have respect for himself for me to respect him. You know, as a man, you can't let the whole team roast you and the coaching staff. Yeah, dude, I, I would. Uh, he's not requesting it quick enough. The fucking coaching staff, the same coach who got like twenty nine game seven losses or whatever. Yeah. What the fuck. I would lose my shit. He, again, the fact that he's he's the youngest one of the three, and he's showing the most maturity. Yeah. Sad. 
Yeah. We'll take him in New York. Come on, oh, Ben. Yeah. We'll take oh, you. Yeah. I promise. We'll figure it out. What you about know, what about uh, Kyrie for Ben? <laughs> no. I know no. Brooklyn wouldn't do that. Maybe Kyrie, Ben, and and Danny Green. You upgrade Joe Harris spot. No, putting Ben with with Durant is is not good. Or Ben and um, Harden is. I don't think that works. Harden, yeah, Harden's a weird one. Yeah, Ben and Harden on this court at the same time just sounds like a disaster. And Ben getting roasted now. (laughs) Right. Uh, I think we could probably. I mean, Ben probably could work his way into most teams because. I, I don't think Philly has ever figured out what position to put him at. I would like him on a team. I you know I know Dan Tony is just an assistant, but I would like to see what, like a real vet like Dan Tony did with him, like a vet that like experiments a lot. Yeah, a Dan Tony, a, you know, Budenholzer is pretty good at experimenting. Um, that's why I said Stotts. I like I think Stotts was pretty decent at experimenting, even though he just didn't have teams that he could do that with. But, um. Somebody like that, uh, maybe even a Jason Kidd. You know, I, I've seen that work for guards, but I don't think Kidd's gonna get a job. But I think yeah. Indiana I, would fit him really well, just because you mentioned they play a very like kind of everybody eats style. Yeah, I think he could come in there and, and like fit in a similar way that he does in Philly, and just include everybody. Yeah, I agree. He he really wouldn't do much there. I don't think. But I do think he would be a good fit. I think he could help but him because again, they were kind of missing like a defensive, like matchup guy. Yeah, because uh, I think a matchup guy to give to add to Miles Turner, who's a good shot blocker and you know significantly more mobile than Rudy Gobert is. Yeah, uh, I think they could kind of get back to at least defensively being a, a top, a better tier team. I like the I I really like the Utah one, man. That's I think that's my favorite. Yeah. I, I like Conley and Ingles for Ben Simmons. That's tough, but they have to get more. They'd have to get something on the bench. Like they'd have to get some role players in off season immediately. But uh, all right, man. I, you want to talk about any other other stuff going on, coaches or trades? Um, you, you want to save that for next time? Yeah, it might take a minute. Uh, Okay. We've gone a little a little while, and that was the end of this. This took a while to recap the second round. Like we said, it was very eventful. Let's um, give our uh, finals picks. Who you got in you know series? Milwaukee, Phoenix. Like who? How many games does it take for them to win? Yeah. I think Phoenix wins in six. Again, if Kawhi, I'm assuming he's not coming back, but if he does, that kind of flips things like in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Milwaukee and I'll say Milwaukee and seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm, I'll say Mil- I'm really confident in Atlanta's offense. I said Milwaukee is six. And I'll say um, Clippers and six. Both teams. Uh, 
No, I'll say Clippers in seven, Milwaukee in six. Yeah. I don't know if Clippers can handle another game seven, but I don't think they'll get them in six. Not after losing the first one. Phoenix but, might sweep them, to be honest. They might. Yeah, that I, that's like the biggest toss-up. I mean, that's more of a toss-up to me than the Milwaukee and Atlanta. It's just, it's just the Clippers have done a good job of, as series have gone on, they figure out the other team's flaws. Yeah. Phoenix doesn't really have glaring flaws. Right, and then Chris Paul will be back before the series is over. Yeah. So that's tough. And then he showed <laughs> that he could be in the lake, coming back off that shoulder against the Lakers. He yeah. showed that he still has a huge impact even when he's not taking shots or can't really make shots. Yeah, what's good is he's not coming back from being hurt. Right. He's just, you know, just, just resting, really, which is nice. I mean, you know, I I'm a, I believe he tested positive for COVID. But he was vaccinated. So. Oh, wow. Okay. It was one of those, one of the super rare cases. Yeah, yeah. It, well, that's what I read, that he was vaccinated. And got test and tested positive, so okay. he's not like. Yeah, I've heard. You know, I've heard a lot of. It's a mo- the majority of the time the people who've had that it's like a much milder, like not really a big issue. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's a symptom free. So. Okay. Yeah, he's straight. Okay. Um. So you got Suns Bucks. I got Clippers Bucks. Oh. Uh, We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Yeah, we'll be back. Uh, a lot of other NBA. I mean, the Mavericks are just losing their shit. Uh, yeah. There's a number. Uh, New Orleans, great decision. Uh, but I believe Indiana fired their coach. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans, great decision, but Zion is expected to demand a trade. Yeah, um, we'll see how that progresses over the next couple weeks. But we'll be back in a day or two to to kind of deep dive that a little bit more. Yep, Kimba got traded. We'll get oh, to and, that. and we catching the up. Celtics. We catching up on uh, music, movies. You know, we're oh, getting yeah. back into it. Play- yeah. Finally, there's not you know eight, sixteen game, you know, hella games to recap. Yep, yep. We'll be we'll be back with NBA news, quick recaps, and music. Yeah. For episode 148 coming up but uh thanks for listening as always subscribe uh share follow us on instagram uh, all that subscribe to us on youtube we're there uh and we'll see you guys next time yeah.